and welcome back to It's a Musical Podcast, the podcast show where I force my boyfriend to watch musicals he should have seen by now and then we talk about them. I am the boyfriend. And I'm Drew. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm I'm good. Just thought I'd ask you. I never actually ask how you're doing. I know. Terrible boyfriending. I know. You must suffer See how silently. I'm mistreated. Yeah. What are we watching this week? Well, if you've gotten this far into the podcast without realising, with clicking on it and looking at my beautiful art that is on the cover that I haven't drawn yet, but we are watching Billy Elliot. We're off to the ballet. We are indeed. I wish we were. I'd love to watch more ballets with you. Yeah. I like ballet. <laughs> I know. So this is Billy Elliot. We mm-hmm. are watching the stage pro shot, not the film, which isn't a musical. Yeah, so we're watching Billy Elliot the Musical Live, which is the 2014 pro shot, which is on Sky as well as Amazon. Yes. Is Elton John anything to do with the musical? Yeah. Did he write the music? Yes. Cool. So, I How know that... you know that? I know random things about this. Okay. I know it's side off as a film, mm-hmm. and it had Tintin as Billy Elliot. Yeah. I know what his name is. I can't think of his name either now for the life of me. So it then obviously was very, very popular Mm -hmm. and made the move from a movie to a stage show. Yeah, Jamie Bell. Jamie Bell. I like (laughs) Jamie Bell. He was good in King Kong as well, the one with uh, by Peter Jackson. Not the Tom Hiddleston one. No. I've never seen Kong Skull Island, but I now want to because you're going to have Godzilla versus King Kong. Mm -hmm. Anyway... (laughs) Tangent. Tangent, yeah. I guess it's on topic, kind of. So, when did this start, like, the process of being on stage? So, the film came out in 2000. Yes. And music in the film was also done by Elton John. Yes. And the screenplay for the film was done by Lee Hall, who also wrote the screenplay for Rocket Man for Elton John. Nice. And also Cats. Well, that's because Elton John has a uh, production company. He yeah. produces a lot of films because he, he's also responsible for Nomeo and Juliet. Oh, yeah, and that has, like, all his music yeah. in it. I liked that film. When lot. you say Lee Hall did Cats, mm-hmm. you mean the one from 2019? Mm-hmm. Okay. So he's responsible for kind of the additions and the rewrites of the story. Story. Yeah, he's responsible for the input story stuff okay. in Cats. Yeah. So the original story of Billy Elliot yes. is based on a book, or they say inspired by a book from 1935, which was a novel about a miners' strike called The Stars Look Down, which they then named a song in the stage musical after. Yeah. Even though that but the story in that book is set a lot before i was gonna say because this, this is the miners strike in margaret thatcher mm-hmm. and if it was 1935 yeah there's some horcrux magic going on there isn't there yeah i know right but the the 1935 novel the stars look down yeah was written obviously before any of that happened yeah. because there have been a lot of mining, mining strikes. strikes and across the years because it is a very very dangerous job but also one of those jobs that's kind of central to a community mm-hmm. so yes it's dangerous but there are so many towns where literally everyone worked the mines that you shut them that's the whole community yeah struggling mm-hmm. 
So it they then updated it and they wanted to look at it from a more community standpoint. So then Billy Elliot then became based on the 1984-1985 UK miners' strike. Yes, and that's when it is set. So mm-hmm. it is set in the years of 1984-1985 and it actually yeah. shows this uh, community's struggle. Mm-hmm. I know that there is a song, Merry Christmas, Margaret Thatcher, where yep. we get a very Punch and Judy-esque moment with a Maggie Thatcher puppet. Yeah. And we also see how this community struggles because mm-hmm. I know that you have the scabs. Yeah. You also have Billy's dad breaking the picket line to go and work in the mines because he wants to send Billy to school in London. Yeah. So do you want to explain why you know so much about this one? Right. I've never seen the film. Right. <laughs> Except um, I've, I've shown a clip as a drama teacher where you talk about like gender yeah. and kind of the social norms of what it is to be a boy and social norms of what it is to be a girl. And there's a really, I say good, but there's a scene in Billy Elliot where his dad goes off on him for not going to boxing for going to the ballet mm-hmm. very like example of what is expected of a boy i've seen that scene right and we had an advert in the uk for what seemed like years that involved the dance sequence between billy and his dance teacher which was Jude waters yes but i don't know what that was an advert for no i can't remember it now <laughs> i have seen the first half of this version show Mm -hmm. because i've shown it to students i incorrectly said what it was for last week it wasn't you know summer holidays let's show uh, show a dvd it's because we we do live theater reviews yeah and if you can't actually take them to go see something because you know not every child can afford it or there's nothing nearby Mm -hmm. pro shots are great for that and we were showing billy elliott for that and I wanted them to just write about the first act as cool. opposed to the whole thing because we didn't have enough time in, in the lessons. Mm-hmm. So I have seen the first half of this show twice. Twice? But, okay. Yeah, I've never finished it. But this was 2016. So a thousand years ago. A long enough time ago <laughs> that I can't remember the specifics. Okay. You know, I know that you've got the story, you know, Billy Elliot wants to be a dancer, but is lying to his dad uh, about it. His mum is dead, mm-hmm. so dad is already struggling enough as it is. And with the mining community also being at risk, he doesn't necessarily react to Billy wanting to be a dancer in the most positive way. Mm-hmm. Billy lies. He says he's at the boxing. He's not. He's a really talented ballet dancer. Sure. That causes conflict between him and his dad, but others in the community are kind of okay with it. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe there's more toxic masculinity there that that's partly the reason why dad isn't so receptive. Mm. But I do remember a scene where he breaks the picket line to fund Billy going to London. See, I didn't think that was in Act One. But I might be misremembering. I've seen this multiple times. I mean, I don't think Merry Christmas Margaret Thatcher's Act 1, so I maybe have seen a small bit of Act 2 up to that point. 
And there's the, there's a scene, a song where they have solidarity, solidarity. And I feel like... That's they re- a motif all the way through. Yes. And I feel like they reprise that moment as he's breaking the picket line. And it's a darker version of something. I can't remember the specifics. I don't know how this ends. Okay. I'm assuming not happily. I cry is how this ends. <laughs> I, I assume based on my knowledge of like history, this is not going to end well. I this... would say it's bittersweet. Yeah. In that obviously this is based at a time in history where things were not going well for this community. Yeah. And at the same time, we're looking at everything through the eyes of a child who is trying to see the best in everything. Yes. Because that's what kids do. Yeah, and I think what's really interesting is the fact that this comes from from the mindset of you are this community struggling. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you feel the struggle and you feel the impact that the strike has on you as opposed to being an outsider. Mm-hmm looking at it like reports like this isn't one where it's trying to be balanced in impartially you know like this is very much from the miners perspective and i think that's very interesting yeah especially because musicals tend to be far more you know i I, they're down in london high art yeah they're high art Mm -hmm. and is this something something that people from the mining community would necessarily want to go out of the way to come down to London to see. So super interestingly, on that note, yeah. uh, the premiere of this musical in 2005 was supposed to be at the Tyne Theatre in Newcastle. Yeah. Um, and there were financial problems with the Tyne Theatre's operator and the production had sort of a growing budget because yeah. it was becoming larger scale. So they moved it to London. Oh, just because they 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 moved it to the Victoria Palace Theatre, yeah. which is that the one that's them... now got Wicked? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it affords them a, a bigger stage. They yes. have more space, more background, but like set space and things. That's and, such and a shame. It really, especially is. considering like performing it in Thailand would probably have been far more like right. I I you know I felt bad saying that because it's kind of like you know. <laughs> nope you're not wrong <laughs> but you, do you know what i mean like it's it's a massive assumption on my part and a generalization and i like to avoid them where possible mm. but it's kind of what my perception of this was so it's interesting and you know i do think it's very interesting that this is still very much from the mindset of we support the miners and we're going to show their struggles as opposed to mm-hmm. anything else yeah so this this debuted five years after the film yes how was it received in terms of i I know that the film is quite beloved in the uk like it's it got good reviews people enjoy it and it's spoken of fondly Mm -hmm. how was this reacted to so it got a lot of really favorable reviews notably one from the daily telegraph that said this is the greatest British musical ever seen. Cool. Which is pretty good. It won four Olivier Awards when it came out, including a Best Actor Award that was awarded to all three of the boys. That is good. Billy. You see, that's really important, obviously. You don't have one consistent actor doing eight shows a week. Yes. So this, <laughs> is, this is the 2000s where we suddenly care about children's yeah. acting rights and you have to rotate your cast all the time. And also we have the added side effect of 
this kid has to be a certain age. Yes. Because Billy is like 11 or 12. Well, 10 or 11, I yeah. think, actually. And they are casting 10 and 11-year-olds who notoriously age out Very really quickly. fast. Yeah, and I guess you've also got the added kind of issue of he's a ballet dancer. And he may not be the best ballet dancer, and mm. I'm not necessarily going to see ballet in its purest form. But there would be an argument for if we're going to cast this, we want to cast a 10 or 11 year old boy who has a background in ballet mm -hmm. because you can at least add some legitimacy to it, mm -hmm. which therefore is an extra hurdle in well, so casting. You would think so. Yeah. But there's an excellent documentary about the making of the Nutcracker. I think it's from like 2000. We watched it. Was that the one that had um, Victoria debuting? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. From Cats. I watch that every single year because I think it's amazing. Mm -hmm. The whole inner workings of the Royal Ballet School in London and everything. But one of the boys in that documentary has just started the school that year. And he's going into year eight. Because the year before, when he should have gone, he was in Billy Elliot. And he couldn't keep up being in Billy Elliot and go to the Royal Ballet School. And he's so far behind in his dance skills when he gets there in year eight yeah despite the fact that he's been in a musical about ballet mm. and there's a scene that sounds really bad but like that's not necessarily a bad thing he now has west end credentials to his and name he also has like real world experience that a lot of these other performers won't he can catch up on the skills mm -hmm. but he's also got the vital skills of working in the industry and working as a professional in the industry which yeah you know how many others will then go there and maybe mess up and blacklist themselves because they don't act in a professional manner mm -hmm. but there is a scene in this documentary where his one of the ballet teachers talks about how it's weird little things he's behind on where because the point of billy elliot is that the teacher who's teaching him isn't a royal ballet teacher yeah. she's teaching him wrong so this actual child has learnt these steps wrong oh. because it's from the show. But just, I just think it's really interesting. No, that is interesting. So I love the fact, to get back to the original point, mm -hmm. you can't just give one of these boys the Olivier Award for Best Actor considering they're balancing it. Now, sure enough, maybe if you look at the schedule, maybe there's one boy who did the role more. Yeah. And maybe... There's one boy who was better in it, but very much the three of them are carrying this show mm -hmm. on their backs. And to just say this one boy gets the award over the other two, that would be so cruel. And yeah. I love the fact that they each have an award. I hope it's not like one where one boy gets it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the other boy gets it Thursday, Friday, and then one boy gets it Saturday, Sunday. I have no idea. I hope they've all got separate Olivier Awards themselves. I imagine that they, they all got individual yeah, ones. Yeah, I think that's super cool. Now, it's interesting we start with the Olivier's and not the Tony's, because obviously... It opened here. Yeah, it opened here. It did win many Tony Awards. I was going to ask, this is one that, like you say, this is the British musical. Mm -hmm. It's very, very British in kind of the impact it has on the world. And I was going to ask, how well did that translate in Pretty America? Well. So it went to Broadway in 2008. People liked it, did really well. It also went to their Tony Awards because it was a new musical for yeah. Broadway. And so at the 63rd annual Tony Awards in 2009, it was nominated 
for 15 awards. That's good. Um, And it won 10. Nice. Yeah. Which is crazy for this sort of very, very British musical. Yeah. Because the kinds of British musicals that were going to Broadway beforehand were London musicals. Yeah. And, you know, My Fair Lady, things yeah. that where you expect when Americans say, oh, you have an English accent, they mean, like, Queen's English. Yes. That's what they were expecting. Yeah, well, this is it. It's very much in the same realms of Kinky Boots that, like, mm-hmm. it's a very, very uh, underrepresented part of England when it comes to musicals. And mm-hmm. I would say more so than Kinky Boots. Yeah. So that's really interesting that it did well at the Tonys. I would love to see this live, but it feels like this is a show that is more a touring show nowadays. Mm. And that's probably because you have younger kids in it. Like, yeah. you know, you can't really yeah. have it hold a, hold a regular slot because you're going to have to constantly go through. And I guess more so than a Matilda and maybe a School of Rock where the kids are younger. This is a deliberately you know 10 11 12 year old boy that ages out quickly mm-hmm. matilda you could have someone who's six and keep them until they're eight yeah. you know um i've seen some great uh, really weirdly actually and this is the whole you know my google pod listens to me talking while yeah. i'm at home but since we started preparing to do this billy episode i've had on my tiktok a girl pop up who is probably about my age who was one of the girls in Billy Elliot in the West End. And she was talking about her experience and what it was like. And apparently there's two sections of girls. There's girls who are actually ballet dancers in real life. And then there are girls who are dancers Mm -hmm. in real life. And she was a dancer. And then they're all put into the like ballet class together to be different characters. And she was just talking about her experience with it. And how interesting it was to be part of this very young cast. Yeah, because there's a lot of kids. There's also I remember there's a scene with Billy's best friend who sings about how he likes to wear a dress. Michael, yep. So that one's again quite interesting for a little child to be singing from that perspective. Mm There's also a really, really beautiful bit of ballet or a little bit of dance where Billy's dancing and there's a really little kid with glasses who's kind of following his steps. Like, there's a lot of emphasis on the younger cast here. Yeah. So I'm excited to see how this one develops. Mm. Before we watch it, mm-hmm. you have a more personal experience with the story. Yeah. But what's your experience of, of this show? I mean... So I saw the film... I think when it came out. Yeah. So my dad is from the the like proper north. Yes. Like the wall north. And so I as a child had his accent because I would just mimic what he was saying. So you get instead of saying things like bath, you get bath and you know, for all our non English audience. Yeah. But when that film came out, my dad's family and a lot of his uh people he was related to including his dad would have worked down the mines and the only reason my dad didn't is because his parents weren't going to let him because he's the youngest of nine which is so many i have so yeah. many so many relatives in the north but yeah and when it got shut down he the town that my dad is from and his family are from is a fishing town but it's a fishing and mining town mm-hmm. and now it's not Obviously. And that was a lot of people's jobs just gone out of nowhere, especially because it's a trade. Yeah. 
like if you were a minor your kid was a minor and their kid was like that was a family trade and it got completely destroyed and all the working class people had their lives ruined essentially so when so my dad made me yeah. watch the film yeah so basically. i was gonna say did he make you watch the film because you'd have been five mm-hmm. when the film came out i remember watching it yeah but not was understanding this, but was this one where like you were sat down and kind of told like this is your history or was it just i think <laughs> so i think we got it from the video shop yeah which was midnight movies was down the road from us and my dad when it came out there got it because he wanted to watch it and obviously he has kids and we were just sat down in front of it as well because there's language in this as well like this isn't necessarily age appropriate for a five-year-old and a three-year-old yeah no probably but I imagine that I didn't, because I don't, I didn't register any of it. Yeah, the obviously. language would have gone over your head, but yeah, all of the politics of it definitely went over my head. I was just like, oh, he dances, great. Mm-hmm. And then I saw the stage musical when I was about fourteen, and then again when I was seventeen. And was this in person at the theatre? Yeah, and then again when it was on TV. Yeah, the version that we're going to watch. Yeah. yeah, but a couple of years ago, because I think they, they weirdly show it at Christmas. Here. Christmas is a time for musicals, though. Yeah. Like, a family, often it's good family fair. Mm-hmm. So the first time you, you've seen it three times at the theatre. Yeah. Were they school trips or were they family? Because I know your family goes to the theatre a lot. One was a school trip. I believe the first one was a school trip. So when I was like 14, my school went to see it and I just managed to get a ticket to go with my school. And then again, when I was 16, it would have been in sixth form yeah, or college, whatever you want to call it. My performance program took us to see loads of musicals. Like in the course of two years, I must have seen over a hundred shows, which was great. Yeah. And we paid barely anything to go and see. Oh yeah. It's fantastic. One of the reasons why I've tried to run as many trips as I can, because Mm -hmm. You know, a ticket, you know, we had front row seats to Wicked a few years ago. And you, you think, you look online, you try and buy them yourself and they're about 80 to 100 pounds. Yeah. That plus the transport was 25 pounds, which mm-hmm. part of my job, part of my responsibility as a drama teacher is to give children opportunity to go see things they never would. And I, I've taken kids and we, we don't live that far from London anyway, who had never been in London, who had never been in a theatre because they couldn't afford mm-hmm. it otherwise. It is amazing. Yeah, and it was amazing to be able to do that. But I remember going to see it, and I did not have any friends in my drama programme. And so I always sat on the ends of rows. Yeah. And at the end of the show, one of the characters walks out into the audience. I was going to say who it was, and I was like, you haven't seen the end of this one. Um, Yeah, walks out into the audience and like made direct eye contact with me as they went past <laughs> just sat there like oh okay i'm crying it's fine <laughs> just like sobbing and then i saw it again for my 17th birthday as a present and then yeah and was that whole family went to see it no that was me and three of my friends cool. went to see it at the time okay so nice. you've seen this one a lot and mm-hmm. it holds up each time you I see cry it. every single time all the time every time there are two specific songs that make me cry one of which just thinking about gives me like goosebumps yeah um and the other one is just sad <laughs> so so when we return very shortly we will have a teary I have cried for so your much. entertainment 
I'm I am excited for this one. I I enjoy I, I enjoy the first act. I remember watching and thinking, this is great. <laughs> this is such a weird way to talk about it. But it show. is also like, Solidarity is a good song that sticks in my head. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, 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 I know that I've spoken to people that have seen Billy Elliot fully and love it. Yep. I think we're going to have a good one. Hmm. Me too. Yeah. We will be back very, very shortly. yourself being who you want to be would anybody die if you put on a dress who the hell cares if your blush is a mess start a new fashion buckle the trends emphasize integrity because what the hell is wrong with expressing yourself for wanting to be me and we are back Yes, we are. From the north. From... See, this is the thing. Obviously, I I know that the north is north of England, but Game of Thrones has really just changed. It's like, you're going to the north. Yeah. Oh no, not the north. Like... Well, Game of Thrones is set in England. Yeah. Because it's the, the map of Game of Thrones is just England-ish. As is the map of Galar, but like... Yeah, no. but that's the point, you know, so the line where the wall would be is just the borders of Scotland. I know, but it just, where I can't the hear the north without live. thinking of like yeah. that. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm glad you liked it. It's definitely a very moving piece of drama. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not without its faults. It's not without its flaws. Yeah. But I really enjoyed it. Good. And I know you showed me the film ending, mm-hmm. and I guess we'll touch on it when we get there. But and we'll talk about why I showed you the film yeah, ending. Yeah, but I, it certainly whet my appetite to make me want to see the film as well. Yeah. So, I I really like how this starts. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really creative opening. You know, we have um, the little blonde boy who doesn't have a character name. He's just small boy, one of the yep. cutest small boy uh, members of the cast, and climbs up from the pits. Mm-hmm. appropriate i thought for this show yeah from the orchestra pit <laughs> and he sits and he's just watching tv and we get an old time newsreel like legend of cora mm-hmm. which i loved because that's real you know yeah, that's it's... actually real words real reaction mm-hmm. and it's very verbatim yeah which is my buzzword because that's what i'm teaching at the moment and mm-hmm. but i i really liked that you know you're starting this off and you're actually setting the world right from the get-go yeah. And by using the real words, it, it gives this more, like, authority. This isn't, like, a cash-in and, like, a piece of theatre that's just trying to, you know, cash in on a real event that really has affected a lot of people. Mm-hmm. This is clearly lovingly made yeah. with a point. And I just, I really liked it. I thought it was a great opening. Mm-hmm. And especially the backdrop of the stars look down. What a way to start this show. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it gives me chills. Like, you can feel it. And you really do get the sense of, like, this is their community. Mm -hmm. The song feels like it comes from the North. 
but also you get the united front here yeah it was also very protest which i quite liked you know like protest drama and protest songs yeah a lot to love about this as an opening really sets the world fantastically mm -hmm. and it's all historically accurate as well so they have the county durham uh, miners yes. flag and the newsreel that is being spoken is i don't know whether they've re-recorded it for the show but the words that are being spoken are actually from a yeah. real radio broadcast which is good i i guess considering how advanced technology is nowadays you know peter jackson colorized and added sound but authentic sound to a lot of world war one footage mm -hmm. the technology nowadays it probably could have yeah it absolutely could real, just yeah. be a real radio broadcast but i don't know no that's fine you have a really awesome curtain drop i love it when that happens yeah you know he's no longer watching tv we are in i assume the town hall yeah it's the um cultural center yeah and they're waiting for news of the strike. They all know where this is going and they're just waiting for confirmation. Yep. And the way this moment is presented, like the gravity of this moment is, is so perfect because in walks, I assume, the head miner mm -hmm. and everyone just stops. They're silent. They're deathly silent. They just look and he holds himself for a moment. And I've been saying to a lot of my students lately like don't be afraid to embrace stillness there's always a temptation to move yeah but the stillness here was just perfect mm -hmm. it captured why this moment was important it was just the perfect example of like building this tense moment and just going we're on strike and then everyone triumphantly coming up from that point it was just i don't know many of these characters names they're not going to become important because they are you know baseless members of the community yeah but i'm rooting for every single one of them based mm -hmm. on this opening you don't need to know their names no i don't think you do but you instantly know that they are all a community or yeah. kind of a family everyone knows everyone's business and also what i really like about this opening is that while all the adults are reacting to things the kids basically have no idea what's happening because mm. you have even the oldest girl who is clearly like a teenager. Yeah. I don't know whether she's the oldest. She's the tallest girl. Yeah. But she is, she clearly has no idea what's happening. Yeah. And she looks like she's the oldest. And there's just a moment where her mum's just like, oh, just go and sit down. Yeah. You're in the way. Well, there's a moment as well between Billy and I think it was Michael. And like, do you know what's going on? Oh, it's all to do with Maggie Thatcher. But they don't actually know what's mm. going on at this point. You build to everyone protesting which is awesome. And Picked the kids in, are just yeah. running around, you know, weaving in and out like it's a game to them. And that juxtaposition between, you know, the very seriousness of what it is to adult yeah. versus the innocence of youth was mm -hmm. great. And obviously I think that's something that, you know, Billy's character arc is. There's still that innocence of youth throughout all this, but he gradually becomes more aware of the real world and what's going on. And he still is very protected which i think is the objective of tony and jack is to protect him from everything yeah because he's a kid but you know throughout he he remains quite young which i like he doesn't ever become like very politically alienated you yeah. know it's just like margaret thatcher is the boogeyman you know yeah, basically but but like that's what it is she to... comes in the night and she steals your milk 
that's what it, that's what it is to these kids. Yeah. They don't understand what she's doing or why she's doing, but she is that scary story. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't behave, Margaret Thatcher will come and take your your parents away. Like that's sure. essentially what's happening. They don't mm-hmm. actually understand the Who impact. Yeah. yeah. We get a really lovely moment uh, where Billy has this kind of solo dance with the little boy just watching him and like mirroring every step oh, he does. Really and what I loved about that is you could see this little boy is just watching and waiting for him to, and copying it. It's not like it's really choreographed. It is just probably different every night. Yeah. Yeah, it does definitely look like they've just told the little boy, do what just he copy does. him. Just try and do what yeah. he's doing. I love this. I just, yeah, the set is beautiful. how old that boy is? Because we have the actor playing Billy is 12, I believe. Yeah. And which is already quite old to be playing Billy well, Elliot. Billy is twelve as yeah. well. But for looking the right age on stage. Yeah. But the little boy, he looks about four. Yeah, he's I'd say he's four or five. Yeah. Which is teeny tiny. So yeah, this set is beautiful. And we then get this really awesome moment where we get the reveal of Billy's room. Yeah. And the little trap door opens up and and his bed and the stairs just come up in the centre of the stage. Yeah. Yeah, and you have, again, the actual speech, the actual words of Margaret Thatcher. Over the radio. Over the radio, mm. which in terms of world buildings, phenomenal. Again, I don't know if that's a redub to sound yeah. like her or not. I think it's her. I can't safely say yay I or I think it, we have access at this, you know, when this is being made. We have all those radio yeah. broadcasts because they're all saved. So it could just be her, unless it's someone doing a really, really good impression of her. <laughs> Meryl Streep cameoed in this. Yeah. But, but it is, again, phenomenal. You are building the world fantastically. This isn't mm-hmm. a fantasy world. This is the real world. Yeah, and the contrast of what she's saying mm-hmm. over the radio, which is so damaging. Yeah. And she's basically... Basically, what she's saying is everyone that's going on strike are anti-English. Basically, essentially, that was her point. Yeah. Was that all oh, these people don't stand with our country. And she was trying to alienate all of these people who were starving to death, essentially. Um, compared to we're just in the kitchen with bikini apron. Yes. Which is great. Billy's dad and Tony both wear this this sort of tacky 80s bikini apron. Nat Grand sat at the table in yeah. her pajamas because it's she's a got really to go. good scene that builds up the family dynamic. Mm-hmm. You had to explain to me a little bit of the context of the nan. Yeah. I don't like the trope of senile old coot, for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what she serves as. Yeah, and I understand that because that sort of is the butt of a joke that isn't necessary. It really is. It comes across like, oh, that's all laugh at her because she just wants her pasty. It comes across like we're just there to laugh at her. But you said the film, it's a lot more serious. In the film, it's really clear that she has Alzheimer's. And because she asks for the granddad yeah. a couple of times, and obviously he's de- he's dead at that point. Yes, and has been for a while. Yeah, but she still asks for him all the time, and she asks for his mum a couple of times as well. The second you told me that changed the way I looked at her performance. Mm-hmm. I don't know, and I said to you, I don't think we ever explicitly get told she has Alzheimer's. No, we don't. And I think that's they a all shame. just think she's a bit batty. Yeah. 
But I, I also think that at this time period, they're not taking her to the hospital every week. They've got a lot going on. I know. And I, you know? I understand that. But I think it just, it's a shame that it's not more explicitly clear because a lot of what she does is designed to laugh. And you can still laugh at it when you know mm-hmm. this. I, I think it makes her character a lot better simply because she's still got a lot of fight in her. Yeah, it's one of those characters where at surface level, you think, oh, she's just a bit crazy. Yes. And then actually when you look at it deeper, she clearly has Alzheimer's or something of that effect. And then when you look at it even deeper than that, she lives with her son-in-law and their kids because it's the mum's mum. And... The fact that she lives there and she isn't expected to be the woman of the house, like they look after her. Yeah. You know? Yeah, Which you, obviously you do, you did at that time, you would look after your family and have them stay with yeah. you. But like that's just a whole extra level of it. No, but it really they is. They don't verbalize any of that, which I appreciate yeah. because, you know, show don't tell. But yeah, and you don't, you don't necessarily need to know all of this, mm-hmm. but I just think. Yeah, you would get it without having yeah. to... But I do just think, like, again, as you say, back in that this era, they probably aren't getting a diagnosis of something. Yeah. However, from an audience perspective, I think it would just help. Mm-hmm. I, I love this whole scene in the kitchen. I love how all the other miners come in. It's very clear that although Jack isn't the leader... Mm-hmm. they look to him with a lot of respect yeah. in the community. Like maybe he used to be the leader because he's older than most now. And also, I guess, because of everything that's happened in the family, maybe he was the leader. He stepped back to be a dad. Yeah, you get the sense that the the community have looked after him because of his yes. wife dying. And it, yeah, it definitely is like it used to be he looked after them and it's kind of changed. Mm-hmm. But I love this moment. Everyone comes in, they all leave and Big Dave just... Oh, just the making a sandwich. It's such a small, stupid thing, but it's done with such precision. And I the comedy's great. I love that Nan is like... Just glaring at you him. Better, I would suggest you don't eat that, Big Davey. And, and he just like, takes a mm. big, big bite. I love what he's doing with the salt, where it looks like he's just doing a little bit, and then he just so pours it. Salt. It is. I just... Which, that's how you know it's Northern. But... And he's not an important character, but it's just fantastic world building. Yeah. And I loved it. It just oh, it made me smile. It made me laugh. It's really brilliant comic timing. I have a few issues with the actor playing Billy. Yeah. And this is when I kind of said to you, his reactions don't match the occasion. Mm-hmm. He's not he's not reacting to anything that's big. So he's he's found her Cornish pasty and it's a little bit mouldy and gross and she goes to More eat it. More than a it. little bit, yeah. But yeah. He, he, goes to, he goes to take it off grandma because mm-hmm. she's going to eat it. And the way he shouts, grandma! It's like it's literally like, she's about to fall on a knife. Yeah. The way he says it is as if it's already in her mouth. Yeah. And he's grabbing it from her, whereas actually she hasn't touched it. Yeah. Which, this is one of the things that we talked about Obviously, this boy is very, very young. Yes. The version we watched is Elliot Hanna. And he was 12 when they filmed this. He is definitely a phenomenal dancer and a really good singer. And I do think is a really good actor. Yeah. However, this relies so heavily upon the dance that I think, so far as I'm aware, they just chose whichever Billy. Yeah. Because there's four Billies for this at this point of time. But 
we don't know how they chose which kid was going to be the one in the film. Maybe yeah. they filmed four versions of it because I know they filmed over a, a series of nights. Yeah. So did they film all four Billys and then, and then choose, choose this the best one? one? We don't know. No. But he is definitely a, an incredible dancer. Uh, so talented. I just felt sometimes, he, and it, it's something that happened quite a lot, is his reactions don't match the occasion. And that doesn't, you know, it's like we said with the original Annie. He's a kid being a kid. And I like it. Like, it's charming. It just was a little jarring at times. Yeah. Ghost Mum shows up and tells Billy off for drinking milk from the bottle. Mm-hmm. But we don't know that it's Ghost Mum yet. No, but I think... We feel the absence of his mum yes. really clearly in the previous scene so when everybody's suddenly gone and this woman shows up yeah. who's clearly his mum i think it's really well done to show that she's not actually here yeah and the lighting is different like the mm. lighting does have that otherworldly feel yeah. you've got like the blue cold filters on on it i you know it's enough that you can tell and then like after she goes he's just standing there empty and it's like he's staring where she was because she's off uh stage left mm-hmm. and she just goes and he's still staring where she was. Like, I think it's really clear. And again, show don't tell. He's off to boxing. But you can tell his heart's not in it. This moved very fast. Like, you know, we're straight into the kind of swing of everything. Yeah. You know, there's no, like, waiting until the interval where he suddenly discovers he likes dance. Straight in. No, we need to get all the context out of the way and straight into... Yes. He has to go to the dance because... Again, obviously you haven't seen the film. From what I remember, it's been a while since I've seen yeah. the film, but I've seen it as an adult. It does take a while before we get to the whole dance sequence. Like, we get a feel for more the, like, day-to-day life of mm-hmm. this kid. Because we never see him go to school, yeah, which we do in the film. And, you know, it's just the wider context of things so i think they've done a really good job for the musical of just narrowing down i'll tell you what it is though i i genuinely feel like you have to know the film for a lot of this to make sense yeah you know and and you probably are creating this with this is for fans of the film Mm -hmm. and i'm not criticizing that i know enough of the film to be able to piece this together maybe things like nana having alzheimer's and mum not being there would be useful for this but yeah, it's a you can very easily kind of put it together. Mm-hmm. The coach is very like harsh, but he's you know he's a northern gent. You know, yeah, he's clearly got a second job. He's not a professionally trained athlete, but it's you know the the he boys was probably the best in boxing at school. And yeah, this is like... the boys do boxing and the girls do ballet. It's that simple, and he just happens to be the boxing coach. I again we have little boy doing one of the most amazing bits as he does his little push-ups going, Jesus! <laughs> it's so good. Jesus! My, the thing I always think when I see this scene is where has he heard that? There's a lot of things he says that I wonder <laughs> where he's heard. And I can tell you what it is, very much, because the way the adults talk when children are there, a hundred percent. They're all picking up on the bad language oh, sure. because they hear it. Mm-hmm. And it's normal. Yeah. I, do you know, I don't have an issue with swearing. I have an issue with swearing when it's aggressive. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's such a difference between people using swearing at you. Yeah. 
for like an effect or anger or whatever and people who swear where it's just like ingrained in your vocabulary and these are just words (laughs) exactly and that's what it feels like here there are definitely moments where it is aggressive but I, you know, I think the language in this is colourful, but I think it reflects the era and the location, and therefore it's fine. Yes, it's jarring to see a little four-year-old boy swearing, but that's the world he's been exposed to. You know, let's keep this integrity of the world you, you've created so well already. Mm-hmm. Call them push-ups. I've seen more life in Maggie's knickers. Yep. That's funny. Mm-hmm. That is funny, I have to say. And I just, you know, clearly he's not like the best coach, but he's got a nice personality on him. Like, he just... He hits a kid. He's a boxing coach. I mean, was the... he flattens Michael. Yeah. Not on purpose. Yeah, by 2021 standards, that is not how you coach kids. But by no. 1980 standards, that was the general practice. I'm, I don't think it was right. We, we just have to look at Annie and the, the welfare in that as the kids left. Yeah. You know, we know that we know that back in these days, there mm-hmm. wasn't the same consideration for these kids. But you got to show it so that people know that this was wrong and we, we don't do it. Do you know the actress who plays Billy's mum is billed as dead mum? <laughs> I was close to Ghost Mum then. I know. I've just seen it on the list. But they, that's such Dead weird. Mom. Why not call her like Mrs. Elliot or something? Mm. So. Gosh. <laughs> Dead Mum. <laughs> Coach George uh-huh. insists that Billy's going to get his 50p's worth mm-hmm. and he tells Michael that they're going to have a fight. And Michael was desperate to pee, but he's like, no, you're going to stand here and you're going to fight him. And. Billy's like squaring up, but instead of doing that, he just dances. And this is it. Do you know what I like is he doesn't actually understand what dance is yet. He just, it's it's just innate. innate. And he goes to dance and instead he gets knocked up by Michael. And Michael's like, oh, sorry, Billy. Sorry, Billy. (laughs) Yeah. And then the coach gets really mad that he's apologising. It's like, you lot are completely useless. Yeah, I got the note. These kids just aren't boxers, are they? No. This isn't Bugsy Malone. No. And well, we, go... we find out later what they would both rather be doing. So. Yes. Well, we go to our second song, which is Shine. Mm-hmm. And we meet Mrs. Wilkinson. Yes. Ruthie Henshaw. Oh, she's excellent, she's isn't so she? Good. I love her outfits for this. I would wear everything she's wearing. I have to say, kind of having finished watching it, she kind of goes by the wayside a lot in the second act. I wasn't expecting that. But I think it's important to look at his family and his dad. She kind of does in the film, too. Really? Mm-hmm. I, I hadn't expected that. I genuinely thought like she was going to be there every step of the way. And I guess you're right. It's very important that she is there. It's important that it's his dad that accepts him. Exactly. And she is there to kind of be the conduit for change and help prompt it. Mm-hmm. And her work here is done. She's like Mary Poppins. She'll leave when the job is done. Yeah. She's there to save Mr. Banks. Sure. But I was very surprised that, you know, she wasn't more involved simply because of how important she is to Billy at this point. Mm -hmm. She is, you know, a a parent figure that he desperately needs. Yeah. Because I think, obviously, his dad has been struggling for the three years and probably hasn't had to do much with the kids. Mm -hmm. so he doesn't know how to be a father now yeah you know and 
she may not be Mary Poppins, you know, the perfect nanny, but she's what Billy needs. Yeah, an adult who believes in him. And it's nice to see the slow build of it. Mm-hmm. Our introduction to her is just fantastic. Like, she's got the similar energy to George, but, like, she at least gets kind of the results. These yeah. kids aren't great dancers, but you can at least tell they're them. They're pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Whereas these boxers, like nice these kids aren't ever going to, like, be boxers. Be boxers. Yeah. But some of these kids, you know, might try to be dancers. I love... The kids that don't want to be dancers. The yeah. Kid, like, the kids that are not interested at all, who are eating while they're dancing. I think these girls in the ensemble are some of my favourite parts of this. Just, like, the big smiling faces that mm. do, the really awful, like, over-the-top dance moves. They play their parts brilliantly. Yeah. They are little girls who are dancing and mm-hmm. hate it, but have to because their mothers force them there. And they do so much, too. Yeah, they do, like... I really, really enjoyed them. And again, pretty nameless, bar Debbie. Yeah. But they're just, they're so much fun. And you can tell they put the effort in. Like you were saying, the ones who are the bad dancers must be the good dancers because of the level yeah, of skill it so takes. Yeah, so all of the... When I was explaining before, I don't think I explained it well. Yeah. But all of the little girls are dancers. Yeah. Just some of them are ballet dancers, specifically. And some of them are from the Royal Ballet School, which I think is really funny. I like that. I think that's kind of ironic. Yeah. But Billy's watching this and he's just fascinated. Mm -hmm. And obviously, Mrs. Wilkinson doesn't know him from anyone else. Assumes she's got a new student and is just getting him involved. Yeah. And... Well, she can also see the way that he's looking at it because, interestingly enough, The way it's described in the synopsis for the show is that the class is all girls, but Billy is attracted to the grace of dance, Mm -hmm. suggesting that if he wasn't, he'd just be enjoying watching the girls dance. Yeah, and I think she'd have got him to Scarpa if that was the case. Yeah, exactly, though. If he was just there to watch the girls, she wouldn't have let him stay. Yeah. But he's not. He's watching the dancing. What is this feeling? So (laughs) sudden and new. Yep. Speaking of references to other songs, Mrs. Wilkinson sings Give Em the Old Razzle Dazzle, which, you know, I thought and was great. Shine. Yeah. Like, and she says, Give it some Zazz. Yeah. You? So we've got, you know, some nice little references there. Gotta have some Fosse. We have some great Fosse. We have some great Fosse. She introduces Debbie, who is so extra with her little tap dance sequence. I love Debbie. Debbie so is Debbie's her, her daughter. daughter. Who does not want to be a dancer. <laughs> no, but she's actually quite good. She's really good. Like her little tap dancing, there's just like a speeding bullet. Like, yeah. wow. And yeah, Billy's like, oh, I'm not going to stay involved. It's going to be rubbish. And in the background, the pianist nods, which I just thought was <laughs> funny. Yep. Yes, Mr. Braithwaite is my favourite character in this show. I really like Mr. Braithwaite. He's, he's fantastic. There's so many small things he does mm-hmm. that are just brilliant. Just in the background of scenes. Yeah, yeah. this is it. He's ne- not necessarily... He's a focal point in a few scenes, mm-hmm. but it's the but stuff he does. he's the piano player for the dance school. For the dance school. And clearly as well, kind of secretive about it, which we'll talk about yes, in Yes, he doesn't really want other men to know that mm. this is his job. I, I always say when I'm directing, if you are on in that on the stage at this point you need to be doing something Mm -hmm. even if you're just reacting and and shocked because i don't want a lifeless stage whether you're in the foreground or the background you need to be doing something Mm -hmm. and this is it is like he is always doing something like he's really thought about 
this character and framed it perfectly and i loved yeah. it we get a nice sequence where they have like, like the little chorus girl feathers mm-hmm. and the music again sounds very fame yep i just love it this is very much like a musical theater song do you know mm-hmm. what i mean like whoever wrote it was just like i like this musical i like this musical i like this musical let's just put a bit of everything into it well it was elton john so of course he's a musical fan it all ends and she wants 50p for the lesson. Billy yep. doesn't have it. And she said, well, that's fine, but you can pay me next week then. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not going to be back. And she's like, you'll be back. Mm-hmm. You'll be back. Soon you'll see. And he starts dancing again. Mm-hmm. And the lighting of his dance and the silhouette. This this show is so beautifully lit. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Especially because right now he's in his own mind. And I love that because he's just, he's free and he just, this is how he sees himself. It's, I love it. (laughs) Grandma's song. Right. Yes. Because the whole kettle of worms. (laughs) It is. I I like this song and I think it's a great moment for the character. Well, we also find out that this is why Billy's good at dancing. Because it's in his blurred. grandma was a dancer. Yeah. yeah, I do like the character more after this point. And this is where you said to me, "It's like this is why," because there's a, a few more instances of like she plays up the kind of senile trope for laughs. I think she plays it up to Billy's dad as well. And yeah, like she is more like kin of what's going on mm. than she lets on. Yes, and I think this is when you said to me. She is supposed to have Alzheimer's. Yeah. And it's like, okay. And it changes everything. Mm-hmm. Because you get this nice moment when Billy says, like, mum's dead. So is, so is granddad. And she says to him. <laughs> they're goes, dropping like flies. Yeah. They're dropping like flies, aren't they? Which is, you know. Yeah. Better when you explained as opposed to just her not being, you know, all mm. there. But there's moments where she says before this number where she's like, they're never really gone if you remember them. And you get the sense of like, she is a really nice kind of person to be around for Billy. And we get some of her backstory. Yeah. There's only two things she remembers about her husband. Yes. One of them is that he would take her dancing and that's how she felt like what she felt she should be doing with her life. And that if she'd have got to live her own life and not just be somebody's wife, she would have been a dancer. Yeah. But also that he used to beat her. Yeah. But only when he was drunk. No, it was only when he was sober, I think. Oh, yeah, because you can't hit anyone when you're unconscious. Yeah, because it's like, it's it's a guy... So she's talking about how they were dancing. And then she goes, and then in the morning, we'd be sober. And it's at that point where, it's like, a lot of the dance, like, becomes more aggressive. And mm-hmm. her stance is more like, I don't like remembering this. Yeah. And... You know, you have these this really nice motif moment of like she's dancing with all the different men that possibly represent her husband. Which I also love because she potentially doesn't remember what he looked like. Yes, which is really tragic. But also, is this her saying what she would have done had she not been married? She'd dance with all the men. Mm-hmm. But you get, you know, she's spun round and she's she's like the princess. Yeah. And then he goes, in the morning we'd be sober and it turns. And instead of spinning by the hand, like he's he grabbed her, her forearm arm. and there's yeah. this eye contact and this real like power between them. And just everything about her goes to, we'd be sober. Yeah. And it's horrible that that was her life. And it's really sad that... But she has no qualms saying that he sucked. Yeah. Either... 
So... Yeah, and it's like, yeah, we were happy. Mm-hmm. And, you know... As, as I would do it. You would yeah, she's like, I would do it again differently. Yeah. We, I should never have been married. Um, <laughs> there's a nice bit. She goes, um, I would give them all the fin. Gah! Yeah. I like those moments where she's really feisty. Mm-hmm. And you feel like she's a young woman again. And obviously she's like, she takes off her cardigan and she's all like throwing yeah. it around her. And she just has this energy mm-hmm. that like, you know, there's still fight left in her. And it mm. is really awesome. Yeah. Grandma's played by Anne Emery. Yes. Who is has been in, like, everything. She she was an amazing actress. Yeah. Been in a lot of musicals, but also literally every sitcom you would ever expect. Cool. And, but, yeah. One of the things I really like is that her voice isn't like this traditional, like perfect musical theatre voice. Mm. It feels like anyone singing, but obviously more polished. But there's moments where it's, you know, slightly higher and slightly less controlled. But it works for this character. It's a really unique, interesting voice that I don't usually hear in musicals. And I liked it. She also died in 2016. Oh, that's a shame. So she's... Quite near the end of her life then. This was 2014 this was filmed. When she died, she was 86. Wow. Mm. She was phenomenal. She really was. I don't again, I don't think she was used enough. Mm. She has this and then she kind of disappears for a lot of it. We cut to a weird like sequence with the police where they walk on this big intimidating line of police, kind of doing these weird like dance. It's just supposed to show how uptight. And put together and yeah. clean they all are. Yeah. Because the way that you're expected to keep your police uniform is pristine, essentially. Which is ridiculous for something that you're supposed to wear to chase people. Yeah. And potentially break up fights and things. Yeah. But, you know. But also that they are the other. And they're alien. Yeah. They're not like us normal people kind of thing. Especially considering... When they're put against the screaming children yes. of this town. But they're also trying to blend in so hard mm. that it's just making them stand up more. Yeah. They um, are apparently doing a good job of keeping the peace. They say, yeah. we're out here keeping the peace. Billy and, says nothing's happening. Well, apparently we're doing a good job of it then. That was quite nice. I, I like that because we're not painting them to be like, these are the bad guys. They're just normal people. Who does then tell Billy to get lost. I mean, yeah. So many words. In so many words. And Debbie and Billy have like a little bit of a back and forth. I really like like their repertoire. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of inappropriate language. Oh, 100%. But, you know, you say what is said to you. Exactly. And it's very weird when you hear it with the kids saying it, especially. Some of it, though. Some of the ones that are played for laughs yeah. are so shock factor funny. We'll talk about one of them later when we get there, but yeah. yes. But, you know, I quite like the way they laugh at, like, the things that Debbie says. It's kind of like they're not so, like, uptight that they don't indulge in their human sides. Mm. Well, what they're laughing at is that... Billy says something about ballet, male ballet dancers all being gay. And Debbie says, no, they're not. Look at that Wayne sleep. 
And they all laugh. And because... the police officers laugh because, yeah, okay. And Billy and Debbie both look at them and are like, huh. Yeah. Why are you listening to us? Yeah. But, which is very funny. Yeah, I, I liked their interactions. Whenever those two had moments on stage together, I knew mm-hmm. I was going to laugh. I knew I was going to find it, like, cute. Yeah, it's cute, funny, because it's kids. Yeah, exactly. We go to Solidarity as, like, a whole sequence. Mm. I didn't remember this being as bitty as it was, but this is a, a montage that this is showing, like, the passage of a few months, yep. which is really good. So Billy goes back to dance, mm-hmm. and she gives him some shoes. Yep. And you also said that they were the only ones that weren't pink. Yes, so all the girls are wearing... They're wearing um, soft ballet shoes. Yes. Because none of these girls are old enough to be on point. But... Or talented enough to be on point. But they all have the sort of powder pink little girls ballet shoes on. And the ones that she gives Billy are white, which are boys' ones. Yeah. And I like that. I like that she's thought about that. Mm -hmm. It's a small thing that obviously she knows that this is quite a jarring thing for him. This is the sort of thing that she could lose him Mm -hmm. if it isn't presented as, quote unquote, man enough for him, you know? Yeah. And it's nice that oh, she's... Oh, yeah. He wouldn't have worn them if she'd have tried to give him pink. Exactly. Pants. And the fact that he's not in a tutu, she knows she's playing to what is going to keep him there. He would never have been in a tutu. Well... Boys don't wear tutus. Okay. He would have been in tights. Okay. But she lets him be in short. Pants, yeah. Which I think is a really nice allowance for him. Mm-hmm. And I think is really, like, opening to him. Because he's going to discover his love of it. And then when she says, right, you got to wear tights, take it to the next step. 100%. Look at the adult guys at the end. Yeah. That's what I'm talking Those are the kind of tights I mean. Yes. So, but because he's got that love of it, because mm-hmm. he's grown into this and he's been done on his terms, I don't think that like eight months down the line, a year down the line, if she said, this is what you're wearing now, he'd have done it because he'd be so enamoured with, with dance. Oh, yeah. That he would do it. And it's really good teaching. You don't go in full as just like, here's, you know, lesson 10. You start at the beginning and she's let him decide. Decide. Yeah. You don't throw them in the deep end, do you? I love that he doesn't know what to do. Yeah. What do I do? Follow the, others. follow the others. <laughs> yeah. And it's really nice the way this, this stage then spits because you've got them in the middle. Mm-hmm. And then you've got either side of them, the, the picket, picket line. Yeah. And you've got the police and you've got the miners just shouting, mm-hmm. solidarity, solidarity solidarity forever yes and the kids counting because they count on the beat yes which so is really one two three four which underneath solidarity is really nice it is the layering of this sound is awesome and you have like nice moments as well so they step forward as the ballet class ends and billy's hoods up because he's trying to hide in front of the miners because he's so nervous about his dad, his dad yeah. finding and then we we move forward to them learning the pirouettes and they're all awful but you, Billy Elliot, you're the worst of them because he hasn't even he attempted. He doesn't even try it. They've but... all fallen. But there's something. He's he's making the connection. It's like this really nice moment where he's just staring out beyond the audience and turning and stopping and staring. He may not have attempted the pirouette, but he is he's so close to so getting So what it. he's doing that the rest of them aren't doing, which is what she asks them to do, is spotting. Yeah, picking a spot and spinning and focusing yeah. on the spot. So, but the thing you move fastest when you pirouette is your head. Yes. So your head has to stay on that spot the whole time. Which means before your body even gets all the way around, your head has to be back facing that spot. Yeah. So he's figured that out without having to be told. But he hasn't 
done the spinning bit yet, whereas the rest of them all just went straight into spinning. And fell. Mm -hmm. So you all awful, especially you, Billy Elliot. Let's do this. And I don't know what the name of the next exercise they're doing is, but all the girls are doing the jumping thing where they're running across and doing like the ballet jump across the... Uh, they do. Oh, I don't know what the word for it is. I didn't do ballet. Well, it's like drills. So yeah. they all do it. And then he's still turning, trying to figure out the pirouette. And he just sticks the landing. And everyone's like, wow. And he just lands perfectly in front of Mrs. Wilkinson. And just silences her. And she's like, okay, we're moving on to the next lesson then. Yeah. And it's so awesome. And the music in that really builds up perfectly as well. So it's really, again, it's the gravity of this moment. This is something that changes the course of it. Mm. And you build up and you have this perfect moment of silence. The band stops. Oh, I loved it. I think they're just doing tendus. Yeah. I thought the lyrics in this song are really clever because they demonstrate the difference in class so well. Yeah. The police are benefiting from the picket because they're gaining financially. Mm. So they're like, hey, we hope this keeps going as well. Because... Yeah, so this, the police are all saying that they're getting extensions on the house with yeah. the money that they're making over from overtime working on the picket lines. Yeah, which is... And that they're going to, you know, send their kids to private schools and take their wife on a holiday to Mallorca. Yeah. Majorca. Majorca, as they put it, yeah. Which is like, you know, it's that kind of horrible thing of, yeah, we support you because we're gaining from this financially. And it really is showing the difference. They're starting to get everything. Like, the strike is working in reverse, the people who are like trying to oppress mm. are gaining and the people who are fighting for their way of life are losing out on these things. But, you know, that's really clever lyrics. This isn't a monologue where they stop and explain it. This is just the lyrics of the song. Yeah, and it, if you weren't really listening, you'd miss, you'd miss it. it. But, you know, it's performed well. I sometimes find it difficult, you know, listening to songs, especially when we go live, that sometimes like the mic levels are too much. I do miss... And when you have like moments of kind of mini exposition or mm. character building moments that you miss because the song, for whatever reason, the mic level or the band is is too loud. This is great. Like it was. Oh, yeah. I will say this is one of the best filmed versions of a stage show I've ever seen. However, what I will say, it's also one of the weirdest ones in terms of there's a lot of coughing in the audience, yeah. which I've never heard so many moments in another pro shot where you hear like audience noises that shouldn't be there yeah i don't know whether that was just a because for a pro shot of you know the early 2000s mm. this is so good well it wasn't the early 2000s this is 2014 yeah that's not that long ago feels like it was that long ago and i am old <laughs> <laughs> but so this is the thing is there are moments of silence like really big pivotal moments and you just hear <coughs> <coughs> and Kind of nice. It's like scene setting. Well, I feel like... Like, it, well, not world building, but like you feel like you're in the audience. You are, yeah, you do feel like you're in the audience. Obviously, if this was a 2021 theatre, it might be scarier than in 2014. Oh, absolutely. But considering they can edit this and they can level the sounds down, like somebody thought, I'm going to keep that in. Mm -hmm. It just... It's very weird. I don't mind the applause. Like I've said before, having a good audience who are very into something makes me more into it. Yeah. But keeping those in, it's just distracting at times. 
Yeah. There's a really nice moment where we get the ballet solidarity. Mm-hmm. So like they're all sat there as the girls are dancing around them and they start singing they solidarity, solidarity yeah. with the children's voices. And it's so nice. Mm-hmm. And during this moment, uh, Coach George is talking to Jack yeah. and we learn Billy isn't, well, we know that Jack learns that Billy isn't going to boxing. And he, he's like, oh, well, if you can't afford it, listen. We can sort something we'll out. We'll sort something out. Which, which is, is so really nice, nice of him. And again, it speaks to the respect that Jack Elliott has in this community. Mm-hmm. And that they all have for each other too. Yeah. This culminates really well, the way she like just teaches Billy. Like she's very hands-on, like the way she just picks his foot up and spins him round. Mm-hmm. And it culminates with him doing this this big like pirouette. And it's just so cool. And that the, the band builds up to this moment. You get yeah, he really, does a triple. It's pretty good. Yeah. You get a really awesome guitar riff. And just this whole sequence kicked ass. I loved it so much. Mm-hmm. I remember this song. Like, it will just randomly come into my head anyway. But I think it's because of how fun and well put together this whole sequence is. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, all the girls are watching Billy because they're so impressed. And it's not been that long. It's maybe been two or three months. Mm-hmm. He's a natural at this. I just, I loved it. I loved watching him grow so quickly. Yeah. And yeah, the conclusion of this sequence with him nailing the dance, it's so great. And then Jack shows up. And Mr. Braithwaite dives into a cupboard. <laughs> but what I love about it is the fact that like he just, he picks up the, the score book, hides his face and sneaks in the background. It's like and a it, magazine. He's like, mate. And it's not even important. <laughs> no, but it's so funny. But it's, we've done such a good job at building this world and this integrity to this world. And of course, he is going to hide away. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just, I love that small detail. And Billy is banned. Full stop. Mm. And this is another moment where I felt that his reaction ruined the sequence. He tells his dad, you're a bastard. And then goes, oh, no. He says, I hate you as well. Yeah. And he, he swears, but it's the way he goes, oh, it's so over the top and kind of like more comedic relief after this really big moment. He's just told his dad, hate you you're a bastard and suddenly we're, we're laughing at his over-the-top reaction mm. and he runs out into the bathroom yeah for me that didn't work i'd rather he just says you're a bastard hold eye contact with his dad for a bit and then he just runs off i didn't need like the the fear mo- like i can just have him run off because he's upset and he's trying to be brave and hold it in do you know mm. what i mean i get why he's mad right to be banned from doing something that he loves. Yes. I just don't think they would have had this conversation in front of all of these little girls. No, I think his dad would at this point. And I've heard people talk about this before where they have said that actually culturally for when this is set, there would be no way that all of the men in this would be swearing in front yeah. of children and specifically little girls. And that I really just don't think he would have this the dad i mean jackie would have such a huge go at mrs wilkinson in front of all of these children and i think it would play better if he'd have come in been really really mad and she'd have said right class is over yeah and sends them all away before anything happens 
because then I could deal with that. However, but... what I will say is I feel like Jackie isn't the same person. He is still very much grieving. No, I don't. It's I don't know. Culturally I just... ingrained in you, like. But I, I think that's how how big the loss of his wife has been. He's clearly not himself. Mm. I don't know. I think you're right. But if you're going to build this moment, again, you know, we have to limit locations. We have to limit action sometimes. And we don't necessarily have the ability to get everyone off stage. Okay, she can say class is over. It's, not... she, it's the first thing she says as soon as the scene's yeah. over. She says, class yeah. is over, and then Mr. Braithwaite comes back. Yeah, like, we're saying that nothing's happened. And he's, he gets jump-scared by one of the yeah. girls. You know, my biggest my biggest bugbear of this is just, Billy has this really nice moment where he stands up and, and says his feelings to his dad, but then, you know, the way he follows up to it, for me, just ruined the moment a little bit. The toilet set is so simple, but it's excellent. The graffiti on the doors yeah. is so nice. But just, again, we just... We we pull the toilets on stage. It's not like we change everything. Just nice, simple, push them off. Mm-hmm. And she wants to send him to the Royal Ballet School. He's like, nope, I'm banned. We can't do this. And she offers him private lessons. Mm-hmm. We get a line from him I could do without. Yeah. You don't fancy us, do you, miss? It's just... I think it's just him... I know what the word I want is. Bravado. Yeah, but in an attempt to save his own feelings. Yeah, that, that, exactly. Because, like, who hasn't he been rejected by at this point? I know, but I just... It felt weird, especially because we've not seen him interact with any other women in this way. No. This is something I want to talk about a bit later, yeah. but there's a whole ongoing thing throughout this show <laughs> called misogyny. Yes. But basically, any married woman... Instead of saying, like, oh, did you talk to that lady again? It's, did you talk to that wife again? And wife becomes a word that just means woman. Yeah. Which I hate. (laughs) And every time, I don't think I've ever noticed it before with this show, but every time they said it when we watched it, I was just like, God. Yeah. Like, is this what they're teaching their children? And I know it's the 80s, but I don't care. Billy is told to bring some stimuli Monday that says who he really is. He's like, I'm not coming. She goes, okay. Yeah, some stuff. Bring 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 some 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 stuff. stuff. So he goes to visit Michael and Michael is in a dress. Yep. I like this song. However, it's a very long show. And having watched all of it now, I would say that you could cut this sequence. And I don't think I... I don't think the final outcome would change. Okay, but otherwise, we've just had solidarity, then his dad destroying all of his hopes and dreams, and then mum's letter. So we need something in here. Because as well, we need more reminders that this is a kid. Yeah, but I just, personally for me, that this was very long at two hours, 42 minutes. This is my favourite song. I'm not going to agree with you. That is a nice <laughs> song. Like this song. It is a nice song and it is nice to see kids being kids. Even if, you know, sometimes the way this sequence is represented is maybe a little problematic. I think having this kid doing something that even Billy considers weird. Considering that Billy's come to Michael for advice. Yes. He wants to know whether he should keep dancing or not. 
And when he gets there, he finds out that Michael is doing something that would be widely considered even weirder. Yeah. Because that what Michael is doing, they call it cross-dressing. Yes. But is objectively less conventional than dancing. Yes. Because all the men in this town know how to dance because there are dances like yeah. that you would go to to meet girls. Yes. So dancing in itself is a normal thing. Exactly. And, you know, I love the, the way that he's like Michael saying, you're doing ballet. That's weird. And Billy's like, you're in a dress. And he's like, <laughs> he's not even in a, just in a dress. He's in a, like a go-go yeah. dress, which is great. I thought he looks like baby Artie from a... The actor. Yeah. yeah. And it just, you know, he's he's very funny. Yeah. Like Michael has great timing. And Michael is my se- dad's favourite character in the show. Really? Yeah. I think this sequence only works simply because no inhibitions. Mm-hmm. Like Michael just goes for it. Having a great time. He knows he's going to get some laughs. He knows that this is going to be a highlight scene for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's very breaking the fourth wall as well with, you know, when the shirts and the dresses come on, he tells some trousers to get off because you're not women's clothing. Yep. He's got a lot of energy and I think that's what makes this sequence. And he told me that when Tom Holland was doing his run as Billy, he also played Michael sometimes. Yeah, he was Michael first, I believe. Oh, cool. So the, before, you know, it is a nice scene. And I, I really enjoyed this, you know, as a whole sequence. Mm-hmm. And I think it is important that we get the character building between these two. And like you say, we can't go from solidarity to letter. What we just need from... We needed a scene where somebody Billy's age tells him that what he's doing is okay. Yes. Because the only other kids he interacts with are the little boy who doesn't talk. Yes. The girls who are in the ballet class who think he's a great dancer anyway, because Mrs. Wilkinson says he is. Yeah. Debbie, who really fancies him. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. No. Like, those are the other kids. So Michael exists because we need somebody to tell Billy that what he's doing is okay. Yeah. And Billy goes along with it. You know, he puts yeah. on the dress. He He's singing and dancing as well. He's corpsing all the time. But... It is cute and it works. It's your favourite thing in a musical, which is kids being actual kids. Yeah, it is kids being actual kids. We get the lines, if you want to be a dancer, dance. If you want to be a minor, mine. You know, there's Mm. a really nice sentiment behind this song. You want to dress like somebody else? That's fine, fine, fine. Yeah, we get some streamers. It feels very variety. Yeah. I I always wonder whose job it is to roll those back up at the end of the night. And we end with what we need is individuality, which is the message, you know. Mm You're going to dance and that's fine. I'm going to wear women's clothes and that's fine. Yep. Be a fashion designer. We all need individuality. And yeah. End also, of the s- sorry. No, go for it. Also, Michael's Michael justifies him dressing up in girls' clothing as, oh, it's fine. My dad does it all the time. Like, he literally says yeah. that line and Billy's like, okay, <laughs> that's it. That's the end of that conversation. He also really knows how to work a crowd. Like, when he leaves, like, it is just very charismatic. Mm-hmm. He's a great He kid. is one of the best actors in this as yeah. well. Like, yeah, I really enjoy, enjoy mm-hmm. him. Tony and Dad argue. Tony wants to pursue a more violent approach. He's wearing his Che Guevara t-shirt and dad's like all right shay ironically massive homophobe yeah but you know um 
I was going to say. The reason that Tony wants to get violent now is because one of his friends has had his legs broken by police officers yeah. for getting violent at picket line. Yes. Which, you know, obviously we're not told who started it or what happened, no, but yeah. we know based on his reaction that is someone he cares about. Yeah. You know, these people are starting to be violent. Well, violence begins violence, doesn't it? Yeah. And the tensions are high because they're not having any success here. And, no. you know... Dad tries to talk him out of it, but to no luck. He does take the thing off of him, though. Yeah, he does get the crowbar off of him. Yeah. And, you know, just as he's going to kind of storm off, I think it's the way he's like, you've changed since mum died. I think he was talking about ghost mum that prompted Jackie to not. Yeah, Tony if he out. hadn't brought it up. So, Tony essentially is saying like you should be out here with me fighting for us you're the dad here you're supposed to be on my side jackie is saying it's the middle of the night what are you what are you planning on doing going out and beating up a police officer yeah, you're like, what an idiot. good can you do and yeah he says this <laughs> basically the same thing that billy brings up later on which is like mum would have let me do it yeah which is such a weird thing to say Billy screams up the stairs and screams very little much sometimes. Like, they just... I don't, I don't think they have the impact. He doesn't sound like he's in pain or he's... I think he does. I don't think he does. I don't think it feels real. I feel like... I was going to laugh more at it, to be honest. I, I didn't like his, his screams. It's Monday. You know what that means? School. Dance. <laughs> So he, he brings items that show off who he is. He brings some weird things. I wrote them down. I actually got them. What, in order? Yes. So Should I, I see if I can remember what they are? Go for it. Tin of beans? Eventually, yes, but that's not... Are you want me to try and do them in order? Yes, please. That's that's the form of this game. Okay. Um. I I don't know what the first thing is. I really just don't. It was something you got one of my brothers for Christmas. A Rubik's Cube. Yep. Then he it's the record of TV theme tunes. Yes. Yeah. And like these two <laughs> things get a really nice reaction from Mrs. Wilkinson. She's like, okay, cool. You've got a playful side, which is what I would think of. Like, yeah. You know, she's very eager at this point. And then it is... Tin of beans. Tin of beans. Uh, packet of soup, a but like a soup. dry cup of soup. And she, you know, at this point, you know... She stops and says, what does this say about what you? What am I supposed to make from this? Yeah. yeah. And he's like, well, I don't know. It's stupid, isn't it? Well, if she didn't really explain what the point was. No. I think if she'd ex have explained the point that they were going to use these to create a dance that represented him. Yeah. He would have brought things. Yeah. Because he also has in his bag his boxing gloves and his mum's letter. Yeah. And he was supposed to open this at 18, but he just couldn't wait. Mm-hmm. And she's going to read it, and it's like he sat there listening. Cause it, this is probably the first time he's had a woman speak it, and this is somebody yeah, that he true. looks up to who has become a mother figure. Mm -hmm. You know, he may not be aware that she's a mother figure, but subliminally, like she is. Yeah. And the saddest, the most painful thing about this whole sequence is the fact that he knows it. he doesn't. He's not even reading it, and he's saying the words, mm. and that is so painful. And one of the best performances he gives here is this moment where you just, 
he looks so sad, broken and vulnerable. Yeah. And it's like, this is the first time he's ever admitted to someone that he misses his mum and like he hurts. Mm. One of my favourite things from the film yeah. that is not in this version is that she reads the first sentence of it and then tries to give it back to him. And she's like, this seems really, really personal. I don't think I should be reading this. Mm -hmm. I don't think your mum would want me to be reading this. And he's like, no, no, it's fine. Because he... I don't know if it's just that, you know, he he's pretending not to be fussed by it. But actually, yeah. this is a big deal. Because I doubt Nan or his dad or Tony has read this. No. No, 100% they haven't. It's also nice to see her bravado go. Mm -hmm. Because, like, she's always been, like, quite strict and, you know, in a good teacher way. But she, even she lets her guard down a little bit. Yep. And, yeah, Ghost Mum shows up and he perks up. Mm-hmm. And she says to him, she must have been a very special woman. And he just responds with, nah, she yeah. was just my mother. She's just my mum. Which is so cute. Yeah. This is the point in the film. You start the Which I start crying. I, and I do not stop. I, I did not gain boyfriend points because I didn't even you notice. You didn't notice at all. <laughs> I This is the point in the show at which I start crying. Yeah. And I literally don't stop until the end of the show. Well, it only gets worse. I started crying with laughter because Mr. Braithwaite has a B-Tech in dance. Yes. So, <laughs> so Mrs. Wilkinson tries to explain to Billy how ballet should work, which yes. is that you take the way that you feel internally and you turn it into something external. Yes. And that uh, it used to be that ballet was considered something you just learnt the steps to and that you would repeat and repeat until you learnt the muscle memory for it. But now it's considered an art form where you take your own feelings and you place that onto it. And the way that she explains it is like the simple version. And then Billy's like, that makes no sense. So Mr. Braithwaite does this, the like textbook version of it, which makes even less sense. Yeah. I just love this. You know, he has his tearaway jeans and his fossy hands. Yes. So we get into the song Born to Boogie. And this is a representation of the song Born to Boogie yeah. from the film, which is an actual pop song. Yes. So we needed something to replace because that scene is very famous. Yeah. And this is such a great replacement for it. This it's, is amazing. Yeah, I, I love the little moments as well. So he's obviously dancing along with Billy and Mrs. Wilkinson. Oh, he does so the great. splits, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. But then he, you know, has to cool down because he didn't warm up and he's pulled a hammy. Oh, he has to take a break, yeah. He's just so awesome. And you know what? I really, I think it's so important he's here because it's nice for Billy as well to see another man doing this at this mm -hmm. point. Obviously, anyone can dance. I say that. I don't want to come across as like, well, men do this, women do this. But Billy at this point... In the context of this film. Yeah, it's yeah. really important because Billy needs to know it's okay for him to do this because otherwise if he can't accept it, no, no one else will ever accept it. And he can look at Mr. Uh, Braithwaite and think, huh, he's like my dad and he's doing this. Mm. Cool. Like, that's it. It's a simple thing. He can do it. I love the tap dance skipping. Yep. I love that Billy is already like steps ahead of Mr. Braithwaite, mm -hmm. like who obviously has his B-Tech and, and has a history doing this. Yeah, but like they say, there's a difference between 
dancing being something innate to you yeah. because any any skill takes practice it's like the very common thing of people being like wow you're such a talented artist and it's like no i'm not i have tried studied this it I takes a lot of hard, effort yeah. where it's the same thing with dance where you can study and study and practice and practice and become a very talented dancer but then at the same time you can study and study and and some people are just naturally, innately good yeah. at things. That doesn't mean you don't have to practice, which is the whole point of sending Billy to the Royal Ballet School. Yeah. But, yeah, this kid at the age of 12 yeah. has more innate dance ability than an adult man who took lessons yes. his whole life. We get a weird moment with Debbie's flirting with Billy. It's very bold. She's she's adorable. But it's so weird to have, like, a 12-year-old girl proposition him in that manner. Yeah, so she says to Billy that if he goes away to ballet school, he's going to forget about everyone. Yeah. And then she is obviously building up to this question where she asks him if he fancies her. And he's like, I don't know, I haven't really thought about it, to be honest. And she asks if he's gay, and he says no. And then she says that... If he would like, she will show him her private parts. And he's like, no, you were right. <laughs> I'm good. And it's done. I think they do a really good job of making this completely childlike innocence. Oh, 100%. Because she's like 10. But also like culturally, like, you know, the language that they're using around mm. that. Like, I think it's funny because it's the last thing you expect to see. Yeah. And hear. Mm hmm it's it's a very funny moment and, and this is one of those moments where billy's reactions are spot on he just gives her a little double thumbs up he's yeah. like you're right i'm good thank you this is where we got the noticeable coughs yeah i i was like you know this is also where because this scene happens in the bathrooms again we can see that on the inside of the bathroom stall door says mrs wilkinson is a cow yeah like graffiti like scratched into the door and also the jam are in there and solidarity yeah we learn that tomorrow they're going off to Newcastle for his audition. Mm -hmm. She's got the bus fare all sorted. She reminds him to set an alarm. And just before he leaves, he gives her a big hug and it's very cute. Yes. And she does something that really irritates me. Yeah. Which is that she prizes him off of her, which personally, I think. if She you should know, have just embraced the hug. Yeah. If a kid needs a hug, then you are the last one to let go. Yeah. You wait until they're done. But I think there's also maybe this is the first moment where a kid that isn't Debbie has done that. And I think it's also... <laughs> Debbie her. doesn't come across as very cuddly. Yeah. And, and I think for her, it's also very like, wow, I'm not used to this myself. He sets his alarm, but then midnight, I assume to midnight, it's quite early. It's 4am. 4am. Okay. So 4am, Tony comes back, he's injured and he's losing faith in the unions because mm -hmm. they're not doing anything. Yeah. They're... Daily picket lines are becoming more and more bloody. Yeah. Billy's trying to sneak out, but Jackie's like, no, it's not safe for you to go out there. What are you doing? I'm just going around Michael's. At 4am. And as he goes to leave, in comes Mrs. Wilkinson. And yeah, he, he run, opens the door he opens and she door comes and she's in. Back, Which, I wonder why she does that. Surely she could just wait, wait for him. Well, I, I imagine they're in the front hall. Yeah. And that, because obviously the only set piece we have for the Elliot's house is the kitchen. Yes. 
and the front door is the same door we use for everything across yeah. the whole show. And then we have the stairs up to Billy's bedroom. Yeah. But then there are moments where they reference other places in the house, mm -hmm. like mum's bedroom, the landing, like places yeah. in the house. So I think they were in the front like hall and then everybody else has seen them and Billy's run into the kitchen. Yeah. But the secret's out and she tells everyone about the audition. Mm -hmm. We get laughter from the other miners, mm -hmm. which, you know, is their, yeah, their issue. Yeah, George is not impressed. No. And he's very awkward about it. And Tony's reaction is awful. Yeah. He's doing it from the position of he's trying to protect his younger brother. And I, I was worried at this moment that Tony was... I, I, I did think at this point Tony was irredeemable. Yeah, it doesn't help his cause that, you know, we've seen him be physically violent to his own family. Yes. We've seen him be verbally abusive to his dad yeah. about his mom. This is it. All and... we've seen of him has been very negative. And then this on top, and I'm like, right, that's, mm. I'm done with this character. He's the villain. Which he isn't, I'll say. Yeah, like, and also at this point, yeah. he's injured. So his whole faith in humanity, his whole faith that the government will see that they're in need and help them is gone. That's yeah. it. Like, that's his... Yeah. Essentially, his childhood is over. And, and, and yeah, I know he's an adult, he but... He puts Billy up on the table, he says, go on, then dance. And Billy does it. He goes, so Tony says, see, he doesn't want to dance, so he's staying here. Mm -hmm. And he gets very aggressively in Mrs. her face. Mrs. Wilkinson saying, don't you dare dance, Billy, for yeah. them. Like... And it just... It, it does make me uncomfortable when he's in her face and shouting. Mm. He's probably looking at her there and then and thinking Maggie Thatcher. Oh, sure, because she is middle class. Yeah. So Mrs. Wilkinson's, we learned from Debbie in the previous scene, Mrs. Wilkinson's husband was an area manager for some tech company and then the whole area got laid off. Yeah. So he lost his job and now he's an alcoholic. Yeah. But that before that, they were very well off and that actually they aren't that less well off because yeah. he got a severance pay. Yeah. And it's not like everyone in the miners mining community who are just being laid off with yeah. nothing. It is, yeah. For the next few scenes, I'm very anti-Tony. But I'll tell you what, unlike other shows where I've said, that's it, I'm done with this character, Tony... He sorts it out, yeah. Does sort it out. We go to the, the brilliant way to end Act 1 with Angry Dance. Mm -hmm. I still think Billy's screaming is kind of like, a little too much for me at times but this dance is amazing and yeah. we get a really sexy guitar riff through all <laughs> yeah. this oh, i love it the lighting is is red but it's so powerful and foreboding like mm. you really feel like something bad is about to happen like we are going to end on a really sinister note like i was you know what's going to happen to his dad or something you know like usually the colors and the whole everything that was going on something was going to happen mm. which it doesn't but you're really feeling on the edge but all of those colors are just representing his own head space and like yeah. the way he's feeling because the last thing his dad says to him before angry dance starts is billy shouts my mum would have let me do it and jackie says your mum's dead yeah and like screams it at him well this is that and the last thing that mrs wilkinson says is good luck you're going to need it no, well, she says, sorry, Billy, you didn't have a chance. Yeah. And what I love here, he's obviously not dancing in front of the riot police. 
and they obviously aren't threatening him. But no, like the riot can police, he can hear all of this outside. He his can house. hear, it, and in his mind, like this is the prison he's boxed into, and he's mm-hmm. trying, urging to fight back against his oppressors. And yeah. he doesn't know who the oppressors are at this point because his family wouldn't do that to him. They're these faceless people mm. that he's scared of on the streets, mm-hmm. and it just—it's a really powerful way to end it. Thank God, this is like the ending of act one because he needs a rest after this oh yeah i thought that after born to boogie yeah this poor boy looked like he needed a lie down and then yeah his song we get a nice little solidarity reprise as well as this is going yeah. on so yeah that's a really good way to end act one and we come back to act two it's christmas time they've been on the pickets for eight months now i don't know whether this happens in the american I version it, of the show. We know we have American listeners. Hello. We love you. Uh-huh. If you've seen Billy Ellie, I'd be really curious to know, like, do they have the kind of weird Christmas fate talking? Because yeah. it's very panto here. Mm-hmm. And that's something we've often talked about is panto not translating well in America. So we have George dressed as Father Christmas and he's talking directly to the audience. There's a lot of kind of uh, innuendos and funny jokes you know he's talking about how you know the raffle prize is all this different meat the karate society donated chops Hilarious. we get some other ones which i'm not going to repeat that i think is the kind of most pg one yep i have to say at this point tony as an elf didn't feel right i've started to look at him as the villain and especially the way he reacts to the dance it's like everything is so serious to him you know what i wondered why you'd said that to me when we were watching it because you while this scene was happening you said i don't feel like tony's the one that should be dressed as an elf yeah and obviously i'm re-watching this from the point of view of knowing everything and knowing that tony redeems himself and understanding like why he's acting this way and I was like, really? Because this is great for him. Like, it's so nice to see him actually get to enjoy doing well, something. this is it. But I think the, all we've had from him is he is so serious. Like, he's wearing a Che Guevara t-shirt. He says some very homophobic things, you mm. know. And he, he genuinely, at this point, comes across as men should be men. Yeah. Now, obviously Christmas and, you know, it, he's had a chance to come down. But at this point, so soon after everything, him dressing as an elf doesn't feel like it fits the serious tone that he's been going for. Mm-hmm. I thought Big Dave would have been great at this. Yeah. However, finishing it now, in hindsight, it's great because it does humanise him a little bit. You know, it's Christmas and we know that the world is going to hell for these people, mm-hmm. but we can still have fun. And, you know, it, it was very, very nice. And we go to Merry Christmas, Maggie Thatcher. And this felt like an actual British Christmas song that I could hear on the radio around Christmas. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. I get what... Right. I have to kind of just like... I I loved this sequence. I thought the Punch and Judy bits were great. All the giant puppets, the masks. I am surprised. I know that this is how real people would have reacted. Yeah. Yeah. I am still very surprised that they go full hog like this in the stage show. Considering, like, England is pretty much a two-party system. Sure. You know, we obviously have a few fringe parties that sometimes pick up momentum and steam. But I'm surprised that they would have something so, like, 
anti-conservatives. I mean, it's historically accurate. It is historic. And yeah. also Elton John. No, and, <laughs> I, like... and I do understand that. The one thing for me that sometimes feels like it's gone a bit too much is when you have the children singing the like anti-Tory speech. I feel I like political it... statements from kids who don't always understand what they're saying feels weird. Yeah, but it is the same thing as all of the other times we've mentioned in this show where the kids are just repeating what the adults are telling yes. them to and it feels like they don't actually know what they're saying. No, I know, but that's why it makes it kind of uncomfortable for me. But you have to... I think it's very difficult, especially with this pro shot, because they keep showing us the audience. Yes. Which I don't think is necessary, but is fine. But I think it's very difficult to keep in mind that this show is not a show. This is not a performative act. This is a community in yeah. their town hall just having a laugh. They're yeah. not doing it for a wider audience. No, this is them privately. Yeah. And like you say, historically accurate. Mm -hmm. Their Guy Fawkes would have been Margaret Thatcher. Sure. You know, like if this was a Guy Fawkes sequence, yeah. that's what they'd have, they'd have been burning. Mm -hmm. I've got no problem with this. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was so silly with the giant like puppets that are menacing. We have the cute little blonde boy sharp as the Reaper. <laughs> oh my God. George's quick change. The parallel to the 30s. Yeah. Getting a little too much. Mm -hmm. But that's how they would have represented her. I mean, yeah. And I'm, I'm fine. Like like I say, we are going for verbatim mm -hmm. theatre and this is probably how real people would have reacted. Yes. And I'm sure everyone knows the story of when Margaret Thatcher died. This was running in the West End. Mm. And they yeah, did an audience that. poll before the show even started where they asked the audience whether or not they thought it was appropriate to do this song. Really? Yeah. And the audience agreed that it was appropriate because it's part of the show, it's historically accurate, yeah. and it's set in the past. It's not like it's people today singing yeah. that. No, do you know what that... I, so they did I hadn't thought of that. But, and they, that's, but that's incredibly respectful. Yeah, the fact that they asked the audience about yeah. it, I think, is makes sense. For the record, I just want to make it clear, I'm not criticising this sequence. I had a great time, I was laughing, I was like nodding along tapping my pen along in time i loved this sequence I this thought is it was... a very political musical it is and i think that's okay the only bit that really made me feel uncomfortable and it's just something that makes me feel uncomfortable anyway is when children spout messages that they don't understand because they're copying adults mm. and that but i think that's the point yeah and you know i just thought this was funny Mm -hmm. And I really enjoyed it. And I want to listen to this song again at Christmas time. Sure. They want Jackie to sing Big Spender, but he's going to That's sing... That's hilarious. Yeah. When did he last sing Big Spender at this Christmas party? Well, again, it shows the state of grief he's in. Like, I think, I think Billy was spot on that. If mum was around, she'd have let him. And... You know, like, clearly his dad will be theatrical and mm. sing Big Spender. And I think definitely his grief has changed him and he needs 
to reclaim his human side. You know, it's been three years and a week since she died. He's very drunk. And I did turn to you and say, God, Christmas must suck for their family. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's not a time of joy. It's, you know. And you told me what the show didn't, that she died of cancer. Mm-hmm. Which I knew she knew it was coming because who else writes a letter, you know, for your child to read at 18 that's filled with, I wish I was there. Cautious so, people. Well, this is it. I knew she died of something that, yeah, kind of got but to the point. Of, yeah, yeah, it's not like she got hit by a car. But I think as well, like it really, you telling me that makes this so much sadder because, like, he is broken. He's lost someone, and it's not been a sudden loss. It's been a you've watched them get worse, mm-hmm. and I just feel like that sort of thing. There are times when you really hate his dad. And just that little bit of context that says how this happened. In the back of your mind, you just always remember he's grieving. Yeah. And just small thing, but you'd kind of understand why he's not the best dad. Because he's probably not himself. Mm. This is one of the things that I find that I like the most about this show. Which is that the older I become, the more when we watch films, I sympathise with the adults. Yeah. For example, Twilight. Bella's dad is my favourite character because I feel the most sorry for him. He's the most interesting character who has the worst things done to him. Oh, he deserves better. it's wildly interesting. And it's the whole, you know, looking at it from a purely face value perspective, but Ariel and the Little Mermaid saying, I'm not a child anymore, I'm 16. And I'm like, oh my God. You're a child. What are you talking about? But again, we have another father who's dealing with grief. Yes. But (laughs) in this, I feel very, very attached to Billy. And maybe it is because he's a lot younger than the other two examples I gave. But I just am so on his side. When you feel like his dad is just being so unfair and you just feel that from him, even knowing that his dad is grieving. Yeah. But I feel like more emphasis mm. on the dad grieving would just help because sometimes you forget that. Like sometimes yeah, but... sometimes they talk about it as if like she's still alive. She left a letter for Billy. It's like, I just couldn't have enough of your dad anymore. You know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, she's dead to us. Had you just said like once why she's dying, you'd remember that. Because sometimes it's like the whole, you know, oh, she's dead to us type thing as opposed to. She's actually gone. Mm. And this is a moment where you see him full on grieving. He sings deep into the ground. His his voice is great. You feel his pain. And you pointed out the ladies checking in on on Nana as well. Like saying, are you okay? Because this must be difficult for her as well. Yeah. And it builds this really, really tragic point where Jackie can't continue. And Billy stands up and sings. And it's a moment of like unity in this family because like the last time we saw them really was dad being like yeah well she's dead and billy doing his angry dance like yeah which we also know that billy hasn't danced in the time between angry dance and um, now which is over six months yeah so he sings to help dad it's very nice and i also liked at this point we see dad cry Mm. I think that's important because going forward, you know that no matter what happens, you instantly can you, you you think right. He's grieving. He's not himself. What he's done has been horrible, but he is he is hurting. It's nice to see him cry. It's nice for Billy to see him cry. Yeah, he's not hiding it from his kids. Yes, he's been drinking, but still, 
And then we cut to Billy and Michael. And <laughs> Billy's got the lager and they take a sip each. Michael's and traded a football... Kevin Keegan. Signature. Yeah, he got an autographed picture of Kevin Keegan, former Newcastle United player, former England manager. He's traded it, as anyone should, mm. for a much better Christmas gift. Yeah. Barbie's British cousin, Cindy. <laughs> Not even just Cindy, Nurse Cindy. Nurse Cindy. And Billy pours lager on it and then like spins her yeah. hair around to try and get her hair to stand on end. Their friendship is so wholesome. Mm -hmm. And Michael says he's glad that Billy didn't go. And Billy's like, all right, thanks. Yeah. And Michael says, no, I'm, I'd have missed you. Mm -hmm. Aw. Yep. I have to say this next bit I really didn't see coming. What? Michael comes out to Billy. How did you not see this coming? I didn't see it coming. Okay. And I love... I love that Billy's kind of like... Okay with it. Yeah, it's really cute. So Michael basically says that he fancies Billy. And Billy's like... He kisses him on the cheek. And Billy could react in so many ways. But he just says, you know, I'm not gay because I'm a dancer. And Michael's like, yeah. And Billy's like, all right. And that's the end of that Which conversation. Which is, is, is okay for him to say you know it's kind of like I accept you yeah I don't feel the same way and that's a 12 year old's way mm. of saying that's cool, fine yeah. that's fine and yeah moments like this are just really good mm. you know to, to build these characters and again we get some more humour and some more corpsing from Billy but it works because it's the two boys having fun yeah <laughs> he goes to do the splits and he says so, I can see why they call it the nutcracker yeah I love Which Michael great. some love great Michael. comedic lines so we go into Swan Lake and we actually get the music for Swan Lake and this is the first time Billy has danced since mm. so here's a difference oh, between the film yeah. and this version is that Michael keeps trying to get Billy to show him some dance moves Billy says no Michael leaves yes. and then Billy dances in the film Michael says, sure, some moves then. Billy's like, okay, and because they're him. alone. There's no adults around. Yeah. So he's showing him, and that's when his dad arrives. But his dad does the same thing as just watching. Yeah. And is then like, oh, I was wrong. This sequence is so amazing. Mm -hmm. I love the music anyway. Like, I've always loved the Swan Lake music. You'll be, I, I don't know what the actual uh, classical song is called. Yeah, it's it's not any one piece of Swan Lake. It's yeah. like a merge of a couple. But I just parts. love how this builds. The da 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 da. Ah, oh, I just it's so beautiful. And what I love is we clearly get older Billy dancing mm -hmm. alongside. You are never told who this mysterious bigger dancer is, other than the fact they are wearing the same clothes. Mm -hmm. But it's so clear that this is Billy dancing with himself as where he could be. Yep. And this whole sequence is magical. Want to know a fun fact? Yeah. He was one of the original Billy Elliot. Yes, he was. Because mm -hmm. he comes on for the Billy Encore. Yep. But like the original cast. That's so cool. Yeah. The flying in this bit is so brilliant. I said to you, and I still stand by, I love that they just, they lower the harness and you see... Older Billy strap younger Billy in. 
I love that they don't try and hide it. Why would you? I think that's just awesome. Yeah. Like, partly because this is Billy not knowing how it works and just not being able to hide the magic in his mind because he just he knows this is how it works. Like in his mind, because this is what it is, he's just like, yeah, it makes sense. I'm going to be strapped to this. Yeah, I'm not actually going to fly. So he doesn't hide the yeah. theatrical magic because he doesn't understand it himself. I also think there are certain things in musicals where it just sort of becomes a point of it being unnecessary to try and hide things. For example, I saw Aladdin in the yes. West End and they tried so hard to hide the wires on the blind carpet. Yeah. I didn't think it was necessary. We know. We know it's not a real flying carpet. I can suspend my disbelief if you put some really obvious wires yeah. in. Because otherwise I sit there thinking, well, that's weird. Where are the wires? And I'm not watching the scene anymore. Yeah. Well, when I saw that one, I actually thought it was worse than panto versions of Aladdin. Mm -hmm. Because it was so, like, boring. You know. Yeah. Why hide something? Because you've actually ruined the magic of it by hiding it. By trying to think, well, how can we do this in a way that doesn't look like we're on strings? Mm -hmm. Boring is the answer. Yeah. And there's a difference between things like that, like the magic carpet, yeah. and like Elphaba flying at the end of Act 1. Yes. Because the way that that's done mm -hmm. is at least done in a way that is different. Controversially, I think Aladdin is one of the biggest disappointments I've ever seen in a theatre. There are parts of it that I like. Not many for me. I got hit in the face by a bead that flew off of Jasmine's <laughs> dress and like bonked me on the head. Yeah. It wasn't a particularly big bead. I, I love Aladdin. It's one of the first films I've seen. It was the first film I saw at the cinema. I love Aladdin. <laughs> I was so excited to see the West End version back in uh, 2017. And I just left it feeling like... Well, at some point tarnished. we're going to watch film <laughs> it's gonna be great it can't be worse it can so this whole beautiful sequence of swan lake mm -hmm. ends with his dad and you know i just want to talk as well like the blue lighting the the fog oh so great mm -hmm. and dad that and he he tells billy to go home yeah very angrily but he storms to mrs wilkinson's i don't think storms is the right word he goes i would say he storms like i but it's not like he's angrily not angry. no it's not angrily but it's like man on a mission he knows what he's got to do at this point yeah he rings the doorbell which is also swan lake it's snowing and the snow effect is really really awesome and he wants to support billy's dream mm. how much will it cost and Only about 5,000 a year. Well, yeah, so he says, is it too late? And she says, no, there's an audition in London. We can do that. Mm -hmm. How much will it cost? £5,000 a year. And he's like, I meant the audition. She goes, oh, well, that's only £20. Yeah. But at this point, And the like, bus fare and the B&B. &B. Yeah. But... but at this point, he's like, oh, wow. Okay, this is monumental. Mm -hmm. And she says to him, I'm not the enemy. Let me help you. Let me support you. Let me help make his dreams come true. This town has had it. We lost. We lost. We are in this together. Yeah. And he goes to cross the picket line. Mm -hmm. And this is so painful to watch because you know what his pride means and his integrity means. Yeah. But the fact that he is compromising his values for his son mm -hmm. it does kind of help you forgive everything that he's done because at this point he's like 
I've made these mistakes. I cost my son the opportunity to go audition in Newcastle, which he could have managed. Yeah. I now need to make amends. It's me that needs to fix this. And you get this most brilliant sequence. He could be a star between him and Tony. And it works because you can see both sides of this argument. Tony begging him, saying, no, if you go, we're all lost. Mm. We have to think of Billy because what we do now will shape him. If we don't fight, he doesn't have a future. Yeah. And Jackie just saying, but he could be a star. We don't know how far he could go. Mm. Fun fact. The way that this scene was supposed to end. Yeah. When they changed everything for the stage show was that they're fighting but billy is also there oh wow and i believe it's tony that hits billy and he doesn't mean to but just in the act of trying to wrestle his dad he hits billy and then the other miners are like hey this has gone too far now i think i'd have had a lot more trouble forgiving tony i don't know that it was tony i just think it probably was Yeah. yeah I, I think this works out perfectly. It's a private struggle, especially because Tony is not like aggressive like he has been. Yeah. And it's not like this he's dismissing. Like yeah, it's not like he's dismissing Billy. He's he's doing this for Billy as well. Mm. And they stop him. He doesn't break the picket line. He doesn't go to work. They stop him. And yep. the community all says they'll support him. So Jack doesn't have to compromise. Mm-hmm. One of the most terrifying bits is when he pushes Jackie to the ground and it looks like he lands oh yeah with a thud. it looks like it hurts yeah it, but it's obviously controlled but the the actor that plays Jackie does a really good job in making it look like he bounces his head off of the floor yeah so they all sit within the community hall mm-hmm. and they're giving oh his cute little jar of money they're all giving him money and George gives him all the 50ps and they have like 28 pounds they're, they're just short like of the audition, let alone the B and B and the travel, and, yeah. and one of the workers shows up and offers a solution, but Tony won't accept the dirty money. But it's in the hundreds, mm-hmm. and Billy's like, "But we can accept it, can't we, Dad?" And everyone just goes silent because they at what cost? It, yeah. They need it, but by doing it, they're admitting they've won. Presumably, the people who cross the picket line to work aren't like outer towners. Mm-hmm. They are people who work there. So, this character that gives them the money, they refer to him just as the scab. Yes. And he is seen from the very beginning of the show not being a picketer, and that he obviously already worked in the mines with yes. everyone because they know him, so they've shunned him. Yes. He obviously lives in this town, probably has kids, and a wife so far as we know so there's the added conflict of like why is he going to work when nobody else is like who does he have to which is one of the worst things about it is it made enemies of your neighbors yeah it it was like the civil war type things of turning Mm -hmm. friends and family against each other exactly so the the point of having him turn around and say hey this isn't about us this is for a child yeah. Like, the fact that he's heard what's happening, he's heard what they're doing for Billy, and he's like, I just want to help. Yeah. And I'm making more than I currently need because of... Well, I also think they've pulled together, like, it's all the mm. workers, because mm. I refuse to call them, like, what everyone else does, because, you know, 
I don't know. I don't know. Tony becomes far more sympathetic. Mm. And then the safety curtain drops. And I assume they're in London now. And Oh my god, the incredible royal yeah. ballet safety curtain that has like cherubs and uh, seraphs like painted on them. Yeah. Oh, so nice. But we are very clearly somewhere yes. posh immediately. The uh audition lady is very excited to have a actual minor. Oh my god, she's so into him. She like so undoes her hair and is all flirtatious. Mm-hmm. Which is hilarious because she's working class. Yes, but she has a posh, but yeah, but she still has a posher voice. She's a southern voice. Yeah. And there's a really nice exchange between Jack and Thomas's father. Yeah. And Jack cannot understand a word the posh man says. Frightfully nerve wracking, isn't it? Oh, I could do this every day and I'd always be frightfully nerve wracked. Yeah. And then we get Jackie saying it's our first time, but he says it's war first time and he can't understand jackie yeah i did like the meeting here of, of posh and working class mm-hmm. two worlds one family yep billy is nervous so he tries to leave the audition but jackie just like shuts the door and says get on with it and oh he's just standing there clutching <laughs> this little jar <laughs> yeah and he's he's standing in front of the panel clutching the jar and he they're like what are you holding Oh, it's the money. Should I give it to you now? And he brings them the money and they're just like, oh. Some of it's 50p's. Yeah, yeah. some of it's 50p's. But it's all there, I promise. It's so cute. Very cute. They ask if he has any music for them and they mean sheet music. And he says, no, but we made a tape. Pulls it out. And oh, my God. the cassette's all unwound. He's like. That is like a feeling. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like. Seeing the cassette tape with all the string coming out of it. If you listen to our podcast and you're not old enough to remember the pain of getting your favourite cassette tape out and finding all of the rope. Yeah. Like pulled out all of it. All of the tape. Yeah. Having to find a pencil. And spool it in. So this goes, <laughs> I can fix it. And they look at the end of the panel mm-hmm. and they all turn to uh, their, their right. Mm-hmm. It's the youngest panel. The member. youngest panel man. He walks up with his pencil and he gets a really awkward moment where it's like t- at least a minute of him spooling it back agony. in. Oh, agony. <laughs> but like so good as well. Like this is again really awesome world building. And then he goes to give the pencil back and the guy has to get back up and give it to him. Yep. And then he, he has to give it to the stage manager. I also just want to shout out, love the posture and costume for the, the uh, panel. They look the part. Yeah, there's a really weird moment when he walks up to them to put the money on their desk. They all lean backwards away yes. from him. Yeah. Which is so weird. But they, they, they look intimidating. He is so out of his depth here. Mm. And yeah, he goes to start dancing. He's, he's assumed to the position. Yeah. And then his cassette plays and it's a TV final theme. Yeah, that he's, he's run around. And then he goes, no, 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 that one. And you hear the fast forward. The skin, 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 skin. Yeah. And then he starts. And it's... And the curtain comes. It's like a jerky version of it. It is. And bless What's really interesting is, so I watch a lot of ballet documentaries. And I don't know how he got this solo audition. Because he's the right age to be starting in year seven. Yeah. And auditions for the Royal Ballet are cattle calls. You take your kid with thousands and thousands of other kids. Maybe it's... Maybe, Maybe it was different, different in, in the eighties, yeah. but I feel like it was still really hard to get in, and you still would have had hundreds of people oh, yeah. here. This is a very painful scene, but simply because it's it's supposed to be that awkward kind of the office style comedy of like 
it's awkward and you can't watch it but you have to watch it mm-hmm. and you're just rooting for him and you want it to go well and one thing after the other happens the silence here is great as well like it yeah. really does build up and then yeah the curtain comes down and we get fragile masculinity yeah <sighs> so i get it this guy so this dancer steps onto the front of the stage behind the safety curtain with billy's dad yes and he has a ridiculously over the top jock strap that becomes more like a cod piece in the way that it is treated it's there for comedic effect Mm -hmm. it's an exaggeration of what male ballet dancers actually wear yes and the point of it is to have a sort of moment where jackie has to reevaluate what makes him feel like a man because he does think that all this dancing stuff is a bit girly but then at the same time here's this guy with his massive cod piece and I suddenly feel less like a man and what's happening? And it's, it's like, good. It is. Good. It's an important moment for him. It, I worried it was going to go too far the other way. Like we're going to lose all the kind of yeah, but good it's fine. Thing. Yeah. And the guy calls him out and he's like, I had a father like you. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you, you need to support yeah, him. Because he's from Scotland as well. Mm-hmm. So he speaks like... He's Glasgow, yeah. Yeah, in a very similar way to Jackie. You know, which also presents the idea that you don't just have to be a posho to be a dancer. Yeah, he also says that he, the dancer says to Jackie that he left when he was 13 and that his dad wasn't into it. And Jackie says, oh, well, he's had time to get used to it now. Like, I'm sure he's okay with it now. And the dancer's like, no, actually, he yeah. sucks. And so don't, yeah. don't be my father. You Support get right behind him. the kid, yeah. And then, yeah. Billy comes out after the audition and he thinks he's... And Thomas is the most irritating yeah. child. He thinks he's ruined it. He thinks he's let himself down and Thomas comes out. Oh, that, that went lovely. I'll never get used to these auditions. I have another one tomorrow. What, yeah, what? so this is the thing. Thomas clearly can afford to go to multiple auditions. His, we've heard his dad already say that he takes him to loads of auditions. Yeah. I get so nervous at these things. And Thomas is like, it's all right. It's only your first one. And Billy's like, you know nothing about me. This is the thing is like, he takes it for granted. It is like, you know, how the other half live of, he can go as much as he wants because no matter what, he'll get into the right one eventually. Yeah, and daddy will pay for him And it's like, well, just get another one then. Mm -hmm. And there is no other one for Billy. Like, this this is is it. it. His community have spent everything like it, to get him here mm-hmm. and he's gonna let them all down if he fails so he of course punches him yeah. and chins him and throws him into the safety curtain it doesn't help that thomas tries to put his arm around him no. and that is not the way to comfort billy no that's not what he's used to yeah so it very nearly costs him a place potentially he sat in the interview panel and they're giving him a lecture and at this point i'm thinking that this is it i didn't realize it was going into the you know like the interview i thought it was just them saying we uphold the highest standards as a result we will not consider your child mm. and then you know they start saying about you know the interview and it does come across very classist mm. which you know again in hindsight the way they end with saying good luck with the strike i don't know if they're mocking him or if they actually genuinely no. agree with the principle of what that he's doing i think they agree with him it's the yeah. whole the arts That's, even though ballet well, is ridiculously high art that is sort of alienated from 
working class people. They're also aware of yeah. the struggle that they've And this is it. Yes, it comes across very classist at this point. But for me, I was going to say, they won goodwill back by giving what I felt to be a very genuine good luck. I'm glad you've confirmed that for me because I really didn't want to like... Mm. They also say that Mrs. Wilkinson wrote to them before yeah. the audition to explain their financial situation. And we are aware, but also she, she got a passionate letter from a teacher. So we also learn in the um, in the film that Billy's up for a scholarship. That's yes. what this audition is for. Yeah. Rather than just a... I, just I got that sense because she mentioned there was financial support as well. Mm-hmm. Dad seems very nervous and it's not... I, I'm taking it to be he's not nervous because like he doesn't belong here because he just doesn't want to let Billy down at this point. He's like, he can see how much this means to Billy. Before Billy leaves, they say, what's it feel like when you dance? And we go into electricity. Hmm. And I, I just, this is all the proof they need that he's right for the school because the passion shines through. Yeah. And, and his dad watches his him. His dad watches him and he just, I think his dad just gets it. I, I again, this is why that boy is so talented. How do you dance like that and then sing in that way? Mm-hmm. That's so difficult. And dad's very taken aback and he does just kind of go, that's my son. Yeah. Really beautiful moment. And then we get the good luck with the strike. And I was thinking, is this the push that he needs to keep going? We go back up north and everyone wants to know how Billy got on. They're all desperate to hear about this audition. It's really cute. Mm-hmm. George doesn't think he's going to get it. They're, they're, they're encouraging him, but privately they're like, he doesn't stand a chance. The wee Ben. Yeah. And then we see that Nana's got a letter. Will it be good news? Dad wants to open it, but surprisingly, the voice of reason is Tony. Good for Tony. I Yeah, I really liked it. And it's, it's definitely like, Tony's not a bad person. I, I, he cares about Billy. And he respects Billy enough. He's like, guys, we are all excited and we all want to know, but that's not rob him of this moment. Yeah. So Billy comes in, they put it in the in the little um, thing on the table and they, and they just sit there really awkwardly waiting. Billy goes, he drinks the milk from, from the bottle, from turns around and they're all just standing pointing. And he goes and opens the letter mm-hmm. privately. He goes up to his room. Yeah, and they're all hopping Trying, to, trying see. to see it. Grandma and it's a lovely Grandma. moment. Yeah, it's a really lovely moment. You get a really nice jump up from Tony. He jumps really Yeah, high. they get some air. And he comes down and he didn't get it. And he throws it in the bin and he just sits and he looks really upset. Hmm. I just like... Well, yeah, what did you think was happening at this point? It's School of Rock. Right, so School of Rock has set me up to believe that children don't always win the things they want. Mm-hmm. Because they don't win the Battle of the Bands. No vacancy win. Yeah. Which, when I was... <laughs> 13 as a child watching school of rock for the first time that used to make me really angry i have never felt such an injustice (laughs) but in terms of now i believe anything you know how you say like in horror films Mm -hmm. once they establish children can die that's it that's That's it it's over for everyone yeah and there are some films that never go there so i never feel scared the reason why uh what's the one with the upside down stranger things yeah literally nothing bad can happen in stranger things because they refuse to kill off a child character yeah so because of school of rock mm. i genuinely believe that billy you thought hasn't he hadn't gotten, got in. yeah i really thought he hadn't got what in. did you think was gonna happen to him everything in life is only everything now. sucks <laughs> yeah but then 
Tony goes to comfort him and he gets the lair out of the trash. He opens it and he's like, you little devil, you. Yeah. And Billy turns around, Pick, big smile literally on picks face. him up upside down yeah. and is like, how dare you? And he was just joking. And then we come... As we're celebrating. Oh, man, this show is so good at like building you up only to come straight back to a dose of reality. Because mm-hmm. in Calm the Miners and the strike's over and they're going back, they've lost. Yeah. Miners Union caves. They've lost the strike and they all have to go back to work tomorrow. Well, some of them are like going straight back down there now. It's like back down the holes. Mm. And it's just really tragic because Billy doesn't kind of understand the gravity of this moment. I feel like he's definitely grown. Like compared to the childhood innocence at the start, he knows that something's different. Yeah. And I think he's now very aware of the privilege got. And Tony talks down to him a little bit. But again... It's the frustration. I don't I don't look at this as, as Tony being a bad guy. This is Tony's heartbroken. And he, he says, like, you don't know how lucky you are. You need to do this mm-hmm. because there's nothing here for you. Yeah. When you come back, everybody you know will have lost their jobs. Yeah. But you need to do this. You need to make a success of yourself. Mm-hmm. He goes back to the ballet class. Yeah, just to visit. All the girls are so excited. They're like, did you really get in? Can we have your autograph? And in walks Mrs. Wilkinson. She's very dismissive of him. And I'm I'm a little disappointed. He hasn't been to see her Okay, so that's why. So when, in the time between him giving up dancing, his dad going to see her and going to the audition, he's never seen her. And he's very thankful. And this is really sad because she's just like, you don't need to thank me. I am a second-rate teacher. You're mm-hmm. going to spend the next five years unlearning everything I taught you. She's not wrong. Because no. Because the, the Royal Ballet School have a very specific way that they want you to dance. Well, I mean, like she said to him right at the start, it's like, it doesn't matter that you don't know anything. It's actually better. That's Because you're, the, you're yeah. the clay that they will mould in their form. Mm-hmm. But it's very sad for this character who's inspired him so much. Just Because so, she's always been so confident. She knows her, you know, she's like going to make the, the most of a bad situation. And yeah. she's like, I teach dance in a part of the world that doesn't care. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm nothing. And it's just so sad because she's changed his life. Yep. And she says to him... That he'd better not come back here because, yeah. like... You stay you stay there, whatever happens, and you, you make a success of yourself, Billy mm. Elliot. But again, he gives her a big hug. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> Debbie's very sad that Billy is leaving. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Debbie. And then... A little misguided crush on him. Oh, I know, but it's so cute. Oh, this ending is, is so powerful. Mm-hmm. So he's packing for school, and his dad's, like, teaching how to fold his clothes and... They're trying to do it really quickly yeah, together. And it's yeah. a really nice moment. And then, you know, he has a nice hug goodbye to his dad. I think it's the first time we actually see him and his dad... Touch, yeah. Embrace in this way. And uh-huh. it's really powerful because it's like his dad gets it. Yeah, so while this whole scene is happening, the other miners are singing Once We Were Kings, which yeah. is uh, essentially like a mining song. Mm. I don't know how else to explain it. Like a working song. It's a perfect like, oh, it bookend. <laughs> but it's the perfect bookend to The mm. Stars Shine Down. Like, you bookend the show brilliantly. And, you know, I, I, I'm really pleased that, like, the whole family is stronger mm-hmm. for this, considering they're now so fragmented, even more so, but they're stronger. I feel like going through this has helped 
Jackie out of his grief. Yeah. He's now focused on the future and the fact that the future is so unknown, but he was doing this for his kids anyway mm-hmm. and his kid is going to be okay and he can support Tony. Yeah. Who's an adult as well. And also a minor. Yeah. Um, the way that they do this is incredible. So all of the minors were in line saying goodbye to Billy. Yeah. They then all walk to the back of the stage. Hmm. And yeah. The, what you don't realise until it starts happening is they've gotten into a mining lift. Yeah. So they're all stood in, I think they're stood in like three lines. Yeah. And they're still singing their song. And one of the lines in the song is, we all go together when we go. Yeah. And as they sing it, they're on a lift. And so it moves. And as they start to descend, they warp the audio. Yeah. So that it sounds like echoey and like it's getting further and further away. Oh, it's so nice. It is. But there's also as well, like they're all wearing their mining hats. Mm. And as they turn away from Billy... Their lights are there and they're just shining on Jackie's face. Mm-hmm. And you just see Jackie kind of looking like, you can do this, my boy. And then mm-hmm. he turns and he becomes faceless as well. Yeah, because that's the other thing is Billy has to go on his own. Yeah. They can't afford to send Jackie with him. I know. So he's down on his own. Mm-hmm. Ghost Mom returns. Yeah, for Billy's reply to the letter. And that's really sweet. It, it's Again, it's he's saying goodbye. Which, at this point, I'm already sobbing. Yeah. Because it's not over... <laughs> his dad had to go back to work. Yeah. And now I'm crying because the mum's still dead. Yeah. It's not over long as well. Mm. You know, like, you could have a really, really self-indulgent long bit. It's nice and to the point. It's like, I'm yeah, going to be Normally okay. I get a breath yeah. to stop crying. But in this one, I'm just still crying. And then he goes and he jumps down through the audience. Yes. And he goes to walk up. So this is where you'd have had... Yeah, he put his suitcase down right next to me. That's so cool. And Michael wheels on stage and he's like, on his bike. you weren't yeah. going to leave without saying goodbye to me, were you? Mm-hmm. And he goes back up and he kisses Kiss on Michael the on the cheek and he leaves. And the lights go down. into his future yeah. on his own. And that's a really powerful ending. Like, I've got goosebumps just rethinking it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can hear yeah. the echoey version of that song in my head. It's, it's one of those songs that if this was a World War I musical... Mm-hmm. Like that effect, you know, as they were to go over the edge. Oh, 100%. We're all in this together. Like, if one of us goes down, we all go down. Like, mm-hmm. it's got the effect of, it's almost like they know they're going to their deaths because this community is dying. Yep. And it it's that double meaning. Because this is the anniversary edition, I mean, with the encore we probably have anyway. So we get the finale here. Which is Which great. is the entire company dancing. Yeah with all the men wearing tutus and they all do this tap dance sequence together. They bring everyone out in like sequins and everything. It's great. But the version that we got, as that finale finishes, we've had sort of the bows within the finale. They then brought out all of the previous Billies. Which we knew because they all wore a t-shirt that said Billy. And we spent the entire time trying to spot Tom Holland. Yes, which we did. Yeah. He was... He's like fourth from the end of the row. Yeah, so he's one of the older ones. This is a really nice event. You bring all the Billies on and then you have the four Billies from this run come on and be like, we need some backup. And it's like a mm-hmm. chorus line where, you know, the row of four becomes... Two rows becomes four rows. Yeah, and they're all doing the same dance. Yeah. It's great. It's a really lovely way to... I felt bad for old Billy. Mm-hmm. You know, who comes on as part of the, the cast who then has to go and do a quick change to come back on in his Billy gear. You could yeah. see he was a little, you know, out he, he must have absolutely run. Yeah. Fun fact, on the original cast recording of this, which would have the original Billies on it, yeah, it came with uh, 
a second CD. Nice. That is only the songs, The Letter, Electricity, and Merry Christmas, Maggie Thatcher, as performed by Elton John, <laughs> which is hilarious. So if you don't want to listen to the whole soundtrack, you can, listen you can to just those. have the Elton John versions. We also saw that this may not be Andrew Lloyd Webber, but it is Julian, Julian Webber. Yeah. So we've covered our first Produced. Julian Webber kind yeah. of you know interaction on the show. Yeah. What is your favourite song in this one? Is it expressing yourself? Yeah, definitely. I have put that as my skip song. I feel... Mm. I really like the sequence, but I feel like sometimes this show just goes a little too long. So when I pick... My favourite song yeah. for this, I tend to go for the one that I would listen to. Yeah. So Expressing Yourself is actually on my playlist. That's fair. I, I mean, I guess Skip Song then, in that in that sense, is going to be like the letters. Well, I mean, also Swan Lake. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not including that because... It's on the soundtrack. Yeah. I. For me, it doesn't... It's the same as Angry... I would actually have Angry Dance on my playlist because that's awesome. Yeah. Swan Lake is... I, I'm never going to skip Swan Lake if it was to come on a playlist. It's mm-hmm. beautiful, that bit of music. Mine is He Could Be a Star. That's your skip song. Yeah, because if that came on on my shuffle, yeah, I, I would I, have to skip it. Because it's also not that long. Yeah. And sad. Yeah, okay. So in terms of like listening to the song, yeah, that would also be up there as, as one I would skip on a car journey. My best song, I do think, is Solidarity. Mm-hmm. I really love it. Um, but I will give a real shout out to um, Once We Were Kings and the first song, which was the Stars Look Down. Stars Look Down, because they feel they're so good for world building. I love the Shine song. Yeah. But particularly in the finale where everyone sings, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you're small or tall. Like, yeah. that's great. And it's very 40s jazz esque. Yeah. Like, I like it. I, I do still think that you could still have this really nice moment between Michael and Billy cutting, expressing yourself and having like a shorter sequence mm. that still serves the point. The reason why this song exists yeah. is because in the film, the kid playing Michael was such a standout for people that they wanted to make him a big yeah. deal. Which, fair, I don't have that same attachment. I do think this song, in a very long show that I don't think has much filler. Mm. It's the one bit for me that really felt filler. Yeah. If that makes sense. It's a lovely moment, but if I had if I had to be forced to try and find a way to get this to run shorter, mm-hmm. that would be one of the first scenes I'd try and cut. Yeah. And I would want to really keep their their dynamics. I love it and it's a lovely number. But that would be my skip song in that sense. But I think like you say, but he could be a star would be a skip song on a playlist in the car. Who's your MVP for this one? Mr. Braithwaite. Yep, same. But I <laughs> I am going to say like... Obviously Billy. The, like any kids that can do this whole show, yeah. even if they're only doing it one night a week. No, like, you, incredible. you have to say Billy Elliot mm-hmm. is your standout star of this. Yeah. Even for some of the weird like over-the-top reactions that don't match it and some of the weird screams for me. The fact that a boy that age is carrying this show with yeah. that phenomenal dance. You can't, despite how awesome the whole ensemble is, you can't mm-hmm. say there's anyone else who's your MVP for this. But 
ignoring but the Mr. obvious. Braithwaite yeah, it's so funny. Exactly. Like, you know, let's get rid of the obvious one. Mr. Braithwaite, mm-hmm. followed by Michael. If you haven't seen this version of Billy Elliot and you are inclined to watch it after listening to two and a half hours of our podcast almost. Yeah. This is a long one. Go watch it, but specifically just keep your eye on Mr. Braithwaite in the background. He's fantastic. He's so funny. Yeah. He's the role I'd want to play. Yeah. He's the role I'd want to play. I, That's very cool. He's got Alex Brightman energy. He absolutely does. Do you know what I mean? And he's he's the role I'd want to play, hands down. He looks very Jack Black at times as well. Mm-hmm. Like you say, the fact they could find an actor who fits all these different things of, you know, the, the minor look and, you know, northern and ballet and yeah. humour. He's, he's fantastic and he's who I would want to play in this one. Mm. Which role would you want to play in the one I, female role you have? In real life. I actually aspire to when I am old and retired to play the grandma in Billy Elliot. Yeah. Like, I genuinely am going to do that. The same way that you're going to play Santa. Yes. I'm going to be Nan cool. in Billy Elliot. Excellent. So she's your role. That That's... is the role I want to play, yeah. I cool. think she's hilarious. I love her song. Yeah. Like... It's a really good song. Incredible. It's 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 obviously very painful. And when and... she comes out in a tutu and her skinny old yes. lady legs in yeah. the finale. It is a lovely song. And... Yeah, it's very raw and very painful and, mm. and quite bleak at times, but she brings such life and energy to it. Yeah. This is a five-star one for me. Yay! I, I had a blast watching Billy Elliot. Cool. I, I just had a great time, and partly because it's a real emotional journey, mm-hmm. partly because it's just so much fun. I'd watch this again. Nice. easily watch this again good that's what I like to hear when we talk about musicals good am I going to want to re-watch whatever we watch next week that is an excellent question and I don't actually know the answer because next week we're going to be watching the new movie version of The Lion King so I've seen the original animated film we'll talk about my history with the animated film mm-hmm. next week you've also seen the stage show and we'll talk about my history with the stage show because so it's, it's something be... that's very meaningful as an experience to me yeah so it's going to be a slightly different episode next week obviously you know the plot you know the story you know what you're expecting to see yes but you haven't seen the 2019 version of the lion king and slightly older than our relationship this film i don't know whether you will want to see it again but here we go Actually, it's younger than our relationship. It came out the week after we'd, we'd met. <laughs> I I had a very strong response to just the announcement of this one. Yeah. So we might have negative Danny next week. Yeah, we'll see. I, At least I'm not making you watch Aladdin. Yet. One I one. would feel like I'd rather watch Aladdin, truth be told. No. Both are very personal to me and both mean a lot to me. And I don't think they're going to deliver. But we will talk about that next week. And you can let us know your thoughts. Are you a big fan of Billy Elliot? Is Billy Elliot something that's meaningful to you? Have you got a personal history with the show like Drew has? Jared Good, if you're listening, which we hope you are, if you've seen Billy Elliot and any other American listeners, if you have seen Billy Elliot, we'd like to know your views on it as well, because culturally, does it resonate with you? And also, we'd love to know about the opening to Act 2. Do you have the weird breaking the fourth wall panto moment, or is it very different? You know, do, I'd love to know your responses. 
Let us know your thoughts on the 2019 version of The Lion King. Everything about it says it should be a success. There's a phenomenal, phenomenal voice cast. Mm. I like Jon Favreau. I think he's a great director. Everything about this should be a success. So why do I have this horrible feeling like it's not? (laughs) We will see. Let me know why. And you can... Get involved in the conversation, as always, on Twitter and Instagram at It's A Musical Pod. You can also email us at It's A Musical Pod at gmail.com. We will be back next week, same bat place, same bat channel, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Amazon Music, on Google Podcasts, on Stitcher, and on Podbean. And make sure you subscribe so you're notified when all new episodes go live. And hey, if you are feeling generous as we go into March, my birthday month, why not leave us a five-star review and have my birthday come a little bit early? If you are still with us, it's been a long one. We've not done a long one like this since maybe Hamilton. Thank you for listening. It's been a blast talking about Billy Elliot. It really has. Yeah. I knew I was going to enjoy this one, but... I didn't think I'd enjoy it this much. (laughs) And I hope you've enjoyed listening to us as much as I enjoyed Billy Elliot. And we will see you next week. Have a magical, musical Monday.